thank you guys for joining me here on the High Ground Podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm really excited tonight to kind of break into it and get some some uh, solid critiques here on the sequel trilogy. Um, I've seen you know a lot of you guys post uh, insightful comments that we've had great discussion in the comments uh, all as well as your guys' videos. So I'm happy to bring you guys on to talk about it. Um, First thing is I will have us kind of go around and, um, you know, first start by introducing yourself. You know, who are you? How'd you get into Star Wars? And I'm curious what your top three are. Um, Ryan P. All right. Yeah. My name's Ryan. Um, Star Wars Facts on TikTok. And I got into Star Wars when I was younger. I was watching, you know, the Clone Wars series. I was like seven, eight at the time. But um when I became a serious fan was actually like last year. So actually about a year from now. So November of last year. And my friends like, we should watch Revenge of the Sith. And I was like, you know what? I'm not really a big Star Wars fan anymore, but I don't really care for these movies. But I was like, all right, I'll, I'll watch it. And I got hooked, <laughs> man. I, I am obsessed with uh, prequels especially, but really all Star Wars. Um, my top three are going to be Revenge of the Sith, Empire Strikes Back, and Phantom Menace, actually. Oh, I love okay. the Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah, Shaylee was on my, my Phantom Menace like I knew I knew Shaylee was awesome because we had like this shared love of Jedi power battles um, and yeah that was my life growing up but uh, nice. yeah uh, <laughs> Shaylee same question um, well like you just said Jedi power battles was a big part of my <laughs> introduction to Star Wars um, I can't remember the first time I saw the Phantom Menace but my dad like as soon as I was able to talk my dad was like okay let's watch star wars and we watched it i would like rewind the phantom menace on the vhs and watch it over and over and over and uh we would play jedi power battles and every time he'd come home from work i'd come run and I'd be like can we play the game <laughs> it's so fun so yeah and then i've just been obsessed ever since and then um because of tiktok i was i became more vocal about the obsession so <laughs> it's always been there but now it's just like in your face um my top three are rogue one the last jedi and <laughs> rise of skywalker <laughs> okay um and then uh ryan kramer all right so uh i'm ryan kramer uh i got into star wars my dad probably got in me into it when i was like four years old um, I remember really wanting to watch uh, Revenge of the Sith, but my parents wouldn't let me. And then when I was six years old, I was sick at home. And my mom, she was the real one against me watching Revenge of the Sith. And my dad, he showed it to me. And I had to keep it a secret from her for like two years that I had watched it. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. And um, my top three movies are probably Empire Strikes Back as a real top one. That one probably ranks as one of my favorite movies of all time and then probably a tie between revenge of the sith and return of the jedi i think okay cool awesome and then uh again i always share I, i've uh you know been was watching um a vhs tape of the empire strikes back until the actual tape broke like the tape part broke. <laughs> no. oh my god um so i've seen it a lot uh and, and that one is my favorite um, my my top three are um, are Empire, um, the Last Jedi, and then um, and then uh, Return of the Jedi are, are my top three. Uh, but yeah, I am I'm super stoked to jump in here and kind of dig into this. Yeah. Uh, 
so first question for uh and this one i'll start with uh i'll start with shaley um how is the the star wars community in general and and what can we do better um my answer has actually kind of changed from like very recently because <clears throat> a while back when i first started there was like an i don't know what happened but there's just just wave of people that would like comment like this is why women don't deserve rights on my Star Wars videos. And I'd be like, whoa. And it was a lot of them. But actually, because of recent <laughs> events, I th I'm thinking that it's actually just the minority that's very loud. <laughs> that they're very, no. very loud. I think overall, the community is pretty good. Um, and you're talking specifically on TikTok? Um, in, in general. But I mean, obviously, where you are the most is going to affect mm. what you run into the most. Um, I've noticed it's it is very different on TikTok than it is on Reddit or yeah I won't on, even go near Reddit. Uh, <laughs> it's worse on YouTube, honestly. YouTube is kind of the worst. YouTube. Yeah. I mean, you have the fights on YouTube. I think at least like they get pretty heated, and you have the biggest. I think TikTok. You have a lot more people who like the sequels on TikTok than people who. Uh, that and you're gonna have the opposite on youtube where at least the creators i've experienced you have a lot more people who dislike the sequels on youtube at least more large platformed people on youtube disliking the sequels yeah and i mean yeah. the saying goes the people who hate star wars the most are star wars fans that's that's <laughs> that's what people say i mean it's it's kind of true if you're a prequel fan and if you're a guy you're more likely to experience less hate but i mean I would say the yeah, Star Wars community in general, I think that there's some great communities. Um, there's a lot of great parts, but it just gets really toxic when it comes to the sequels. I mean, if, if you express that you're, you're a big sequel fan, then there's going to be, especially I would say the most on Reddit, but even on TikTok, if, you, if you're like, for example, Ray cosplayers, they get a lot of hate. It's unfortunate. I mean, let, let people just love what they like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's true. Very true. Um, and so, and I, I didn't want to cut anyone, anyone short, um, like Ryan, either Ryan, if you, you have any more thoughts on it. Um, I think that it's probably the most toxic, um, when you talk about the sequels, yeah, because if you're talking about like the Clone Wars or the Mandalorian, like it does not get toxic at all when people are discussing those like things, like you'll talk about Clone Wars and people will say, okay, yeah, Clone Wars succeeds the best at Umbara and it's does it it's at its worst at like droid squad and you're not going to see anyone like debating that they're going to agree and it comes down to uh do you think the clone wars is better overall because of those really good things or do you think the clone wars is a bit overrated it's not like this giant argument like it is the sequels and i think one of the big things about the sequel camp is it's either amazing or it sucks and those are like your two things on the sequels whereas on the clone wars you know there's people who are like oh it's good and there are people like it's mediocre and you know you don't get that huge like contrast if somebody says oh i didn't find the clone wars that good somebody might say oh you didn't but if somebody says like i didn't like i like the sequels you're gonna get a lot of people and i mean i've done it a bit like i'll be like what and i'll like try to start like bombarding them with questions and stuff like that so i will admit i've been guilty of that but it's sort of like two very different mediums in the two things it, it is the, and that's that's true it, it's and kind of, uh, kind of the reason I ended up in the position I am in is because I was part of the group that got pushed out of Star Wars because I liked the prequels when they came out. 
and everyone hated the prequels. I had people like, you like the prequels? We can't be friends anymore. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> Crazy. So like poetry it repeats. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, that that is what pushed me out of Star Wars for a long time. And so now, even though the sequels are like my least favorite trilogy, um, I, I think there's good things in, in everything. But um, and you know, I just wanted to kind of cover up this kind of stuff before we dig into the movie. So I hope that that's okay. Um, but just real real quick, uh, because you know the words toxicity and gatekeeper uh, they get thrown around a lot and so I, i'm curious uh, for everyone of what's what it means because i've seen toxic people on on both sides actually i've met some Raylo fans who are the most toxic people i've ever seen on anything <laughs> but <laughs> um but yeah I'm, I'm curious what what you guys think of those two things mean and i'll, I'll start with uh, ryan kramer um, so to me, a gatekeeper, at least, is someone who makes it very difficult for new fans to come into the series. Like, they're going to be the people who they're not going to stop until they're assured that you know everything they do. If you aren't up to date on every little medium about the lore, they are going to push you out of it. And it kind of keeps new people from really getting involved. Um, at least a good example to me, in my experience, I'll get off Star Wars for a second, is in the um, reenactment community. That place is really toxic towards new people. Like I'm young, so I of course don't have the money to buy all the cool gear that some reenactors mm -hmm. do. And they get really toxic if you're not completely 100% movie accurate, or not movie accurate, but historically accurate. And I think the same thing could go with like Star Wars cosplayers. Like they design a homemade costume and then a bunch of people just like make fun of them. And it's like gatekeeping because they might not have the money to buy this $3,000 costume that some people do while other people can. And I think just gatekeeping is, you know, keeping people out of the community who are new because they aren't as experienced with it as you are. Okay, cool. And then your thoughts on what constitutes like toxicity? Uh, what constitutes toxicity? I would say like anything that, I don't know, uh, anything that puts other people down and it's like a negative, I think you've said this before, toxicity is anything that adds more negative than it does positive towards mm -hmm. the community. All right, cool. And then, um, other right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you nailed it with the gatekeeping. I mean, imagine you just got out of the movie theaters with Force Awakens. You're like, I can't wait to like talk to some cool internet people about it. And they're like, you like that movie? Oh my God, dude, you, you, you're stupid. You don't know anything about uh, Star Wars. And then they're like, oh, wow, sorry. I'm not going to participate in social media stuff when it comes to Star Wars or really anything like that. And I mean, cosplayer people, like you were saying, they put so much effort into that stuff. And then you're like, oh, that, that belt is inaccurate. That's not screen accurate. It's completely redo it. It's, it's really, really bad. I mean, uh, what I would constitute as being toxic would just be any answer where you know you could have this be an opportunity where you explain the right answer or maybe you explain mm. why something that someone's saying isn't necessarily right. And you, instead of doing that, you decide to just be aggressive and rude. Um, that's what I would say would toxic toxicity would be. Interesting. Okay, I, I like that. Um, by that definition, I, I have definitely been toxic a few times. But oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's that's why I'm asking because you know I I, I love hearing other people's perspectives because it's it's always different. Uh, Shaylee, um, gatekeeping's you know they already 
pretty much nailed it. And like anything, anytime you're like devaluing someone's or lowering their validity as a fan or trying to, or like um, over stuff that they do or don't like about the movies, um, that's pretty, I think gatekeeping is pretty easy to spot and self-explanatory, but like for me, um, toxicity is something that we tend to not understand. Like when, when you're doing it, you're not understanding that you're being toxic because, um, I pulled, I just pulled an example, like <laughs> from one of my videos, but it goes anyway. Like I've seen it against all the trilogies, but, um, Anytime, like a comment where your goal is to bring down the person posting. So like some people think that when I say that, I mean like you can't disagree with me, but that's literally not true. <laughs> like you can have discussion, but um, there's a difference between discussion and like trying to put somebody down. So like here's two comments uh, like on a Ray video I made. Um, somebody who was, it's like non-toxic discussion would be, I disagree. The way her character was written just felt like whiplash. It's so inconsistent. And I was like, that's that he's just, they're just stating their opinion. Like that's not toxic. They're not like putting me mm -hmm. down. Here's a toxic comment. <laughs> if you like Ray, you're too dumb to know how to breathe. Let me help. Inhale, exhale. <laughs> so it's like, oh. there's an obvious difference if you're like, if you, you can disagree all you want, but if your goal is to just put the person down, that's pretty toxic. There's no need for it. It's just unnecessary and negative. So um, if you're, the, the line is like, if you're actually adding to discussion without putting people down, <laughs> but we tend to pr like put our disagreements out there in very derogatory ways, and that is very toxic. I think that's something we tend to look over when it comes to toxicity. Yeah. And then, I mean, you guys just, just kind of nailed all of those. <laughs> uh, like to me, you know, sometimes, and also you, you can catch people on bad days or maybe the tone of your video was misunderstood or, you know, some th those types of things happen. But um, one thing that I do do sometimes is if, uh, if someone does post something that's really toxic, I actually go take a look at their page. Um, and what I find is if like, I'll look at like their last 10 videos and if all of them are bashing stuff, I'm like, okay, this person is taking away from the community and not adding to it. You know what I mean? Um, so, but I, I love discussion, open discussion. Also, and that that's another thing. Sometimes we can, like I said, we can misread tone. So sometimes I am asking a question um, and it could be perceived as, as toxic or people ask me a question and I'll answer with a question and they're like, hey man, like calm down. I'm like, wait, no, I'm not. No, just I'm curious. Like I want to know how you got there, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so we're, we can all be guilty of it really easily. And so it's, um, yeah, I mean, now we've gotten those out of the way, let's go ahead and, and jump into the films. Um, so first one, obviously uh force awakens let's go with uh we're gonna do you know what you what you like what you dislike and what you would have done differently um and this one i'm starting with uh ryan kramer all right so force awakens where to start um what i liked about it the visuals the visuals in the sequels are the best out of any star wars trilogy they have the best visuals out of any stars movies i think they're some of the best directed movies like i've ever seen um 
Force Awakens, amazing soundtrack. Uh, I think it has the best score of the uh, sequel trilogy. Um, it's really, it's a lot different than any other Star Wars movies, which is really cool. Just kind of ironic, given how similar uh, Force Awakens is to uh, New Hope. Um, I really liked the whole Finn as a stormtrooper thing. I wish they would have done more with it, but I really did like Finn as a stormtrooper. Uh, Han Solo, Harrison Ford, he kind of acted like he didn't care that much, but I mean, he's Harrison Ford and I really like him. Um, <laughs> I think this is the movie that I dislike Ray's character the most in, um, but I were still doing likes that things that I liked. Um, so I don't know. Um, obviously Han and Leia coming together, that scene where they like hug and their theme plays, that's obviously like a really good scene. And then, yeah, just how the music interacts with the scenes. I really like, I think it's a really good visual and music movie. Um, that's really the key takeaways that I got from it, at least. Um, as for things I didn't like, um, I'm going to say this about every sequel film, the villains. I think the sequels probably had the poorest villain choice out of any movie. Um, I think that if you're going to make any argument for Ray being a Mary Sue, The Force Awakens is going to be your movie where you're going to have the best arguments to do that. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, um, just the villains. I mean, Kylo Ren, he's, I think, a very poor villain when you match him up against Darth Vader, Count Dooku, Darth Sidious. Um, like Darth Vader, he's extremely scary when you see him the first time. Uh, he calmly looks at you chokes you and then goes apology accepted captain nita <laughs> there's like no emotion it's like super cold kylo ren on the other hand his like kills of his own guys or like emotional outbursts are played for laughs like he just has an emotional outburst over i think uh when they can't find bb8 or something and he starts slashing his lightsaber all over the place and they just have two stormtroopers walk up and then turn away and it's just like two very different mediums like kylo ren is so much i don't know he's not as scary as like Darth Vader or Count Dooku. Like if you walk up to Darth Vader or Count Dooku, it's like they mean business. But if you walk up to Kylo Ren, it's kind of like, oh, wow, this guy's emotionally needy. Let's just try not to piss him off. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I feel like just the villains in general, the first order officers are always screaming their heads off. Uh, meanwhile, the Imperial officers were always super calm and collected. And they'd like, just have these super casual discussions and it was super cold and it's like this super like eerie environment as opposed to the comical villains that I think the first order has and I don't know I think that's just my major problem with these movies is definitely their villain choices and how they're just so Disney and by Disney I mean like the cartoonish kind of villains like always screaming always over the top you know and they're just not I don't know, like real menacing people. enough. <laughs> yeah, menacing enough. And I guess like that's going to be my major gripe with The Force Awakens. Also, that they killed off the Jedi Order after it having only existed for like 30 years. Obviously, that has nothing to do with the movie. It's just how I would have seen it. Like to me, I'm going to have bias against the Republic not being that like strong influence in the galaxy or like the Jedi not existing. As those are things I would have liked to see in a sequel trilogy, how the Jedi are recovering or something mm -hmm. like that. So I'm going to have bias against that. Obviously, they chose to take a direction 
And that's nothing against the movie. That's just my personal opinions on the sequel trilogy that I disliked where they took it. So I was never going to love these movies. Okay. That's totally fair. And, uh, and Ryan P. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So I actually rewatched these movies for like the first times in months. Maybe it might even been like a couple years since I saw last Jedi and force awakens, but I rewatched them. I actually liked them a lot more than I did before. Um, so I guess I'll start off with what I liked. Uh, and I have a bunch of notes because I was like taking notes as I was watching the movies. <laughs> um, so I, I really like the lonely, you know, scavenger lifestyle that Ray has in the beginning. Um, she knows she's lonely and she knows that she's really all by herself, but she kind of accepts it. She looks like she's having fun. You know, we see her looking, drifting off in this, looking in the stars. So I like that she had that nice attitude. Um, and I also like that Ray and Finn, from the start, they clearly have that what's right mentality. You know, that what would Luke Skywalker do? They kind of have that in them. And I think BB-8 is one of the best droids in the Skywalker, or really in all of Star Wars. I mean, from the noises he makes to the, his demeanor, BB-8, I, I would say top three droid. Um, all the scenes with Leia and Han, they were great. I liked them. Uh, they clearly have chemistry on screen. Um, I also liked, uh, I think the vibe that the first order or like, you know, creative wise, I think they were going for like a, a really Nazi type vibe uh, with the way that they, they salute when they're mm-hmm. at the Starkiller base and just like with the long red flags, it really reminded me of some uh, Nazi um, style there, but what I didn't like in the movies was Kylo was just not menacing at all. Um, and when he tries to be intimidating or scary with this weird voice thing in his mask, um, where would I say? Uh, he tries to be intimidating towards like Poe. Doesn't work. Poe makes fun of him. Tries to be intimidating <laughs> towards that old man in the beginning, which I forget his name. Uh, Lord Santeca. Yes. Uh, he tries to be menacing towards him. He just belittles him. Doesn't even acknowledge the things that Kylo Ren was trying to say to him. Uh, and yeah, so like he's, he's not scary. I also think Phasma was underused in this movie. I think it would have been cool to see a little bit more of her. They did a better job of that with Last Jedi, but Phasma looks awesome. She's a really cool character. I, I would have liked to see a little bit more. And I think there was some space where they could put that in. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's actually an answer to this. I don't really know it, but how did the first order get this big in a span of like 34 years i mean they got huge well we don't know how big they are and that's kind of like the big question i think coming out of the movie is like Mm -hmm. how big is the first order is resistance just like an underground resistance in the territory that the first Mm -hmm. order controls or is this like a galactic struggle i think that's one of the big questions that you have with these movies yeah and i'm i i'm definitely going to cover that but i i I agree that that answer should have been more prevalent in in the films right um uh but yeah does that also cover the things you would have done differently like oh yeah so so with differently um I, I get that they, you know, it's a female character. They really want to establish that, look, she's not a Mary Sue. She can, she can do her things. She knows a lot about, uh, she knows she's a pilot, knows a lot about ships. She can clearly fight. But I think with uh, Han, Finn, and Poe, they definitely showed some misogynistic comments, which I don't really think were in their character. So anytime really Ray is brought up that 
she she knows about ships or she knows about control rooms and in, in the ships uh especially han he, like they're all surprised like what you know this um which i guess i i don't i don't really know how to i guess answer it but i don't think it was needed to kind of make them be so surprised i mean han is someone who's in the han solo has been with leia she is obviously a very <laughs> compatible compatible person so i don't think he would be surprised to see another female yeah, he knows how strong women can be. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, the lightsaber fights. I, that's just the, the biggest, one of the biggest things for me. Um, I get that Ray is not a trained, she's not trained with a lightsaber, so she wouldn't really know what she's doing. But Kylo, I think Kylo is certainly one who's been trained by Luke Skywalker, obviously. I think he, he knows how to use a lightsaber. But that's kind of my opinion. I know a lot of people aren't fans of the prequel kind of lightsaber style. I am though so that's something I would like to see more of and lastly the soundtrack I, I really like this soundtrack uh, but personally I would like to hear a little bit more original soundtracks in certain places um, which I, I get it they want to they don't want to just copy and paste the music from all the other movies but I think it with some some of the soundtracks it would be cool to add a lot more of the original sounds which yeah. they did a good job in the first place but I would I'd say a little bit more but that's that's kind of all I'd have to say about Force Awakens. All right, cool. And then uh, Shaylee, same question: likes, dislikes, um, and uh, things that would change. The likes, um, I think J.J. Abrams has a strength for setting up really awesome characters, like um, introducing them in really awesome ways. So I really love, um, I really love his setup for Ray's character. Um, I think. I was re-watching it today and I was just kind of blown away by how like well laid out it was like from the very beginning when we first meet her. Um, I like her character's um, personality because we tend to put female characters in this box where like to be powerful you have to be very stoic and you have to be um, kind of reject traditional femininity. So like some examples would be like Captain Marvel, um, Black Widow, Katniss from Hunger Games was some, one that somebody used recently and I was like well she's pretty stoic and rejects femininity but Ray is very interesting because like from the beginning we learned that her def one of her defining things is that she's very empathetic and she's very um, caring but she's also strong and I just think that that's something you don't get to see a lot um, but I love her character and um, we get to we get introduced pretty quickly to sort of her trauma <laughs> and like that kind of defines her journey for the rest of the sequels um her like journey for belonging and identity and stuff I thought it was I thought The Force Awakens laid it out really beautifully and like her hero's journey um is I just love that her hero's journey in The Force Awakens I think it's really great and then the other thing um I love Ray and Finn's dynamic and their chemistry Oh my gosh, I wish that had been utilized more in the future because it's so good. Every scene they're in together is so good. And like, um, like just, it's just really beautiful. How like Finn is like the first person to come back for Ray, and you can see how like it impacts her. And she's, it's just such a good dynamic. I love it. Um, as far as stuff I didn't like about The and, Force Awakens. So I just real quick to, to add to that. Um, yeah. It's just a, a small note in, in the novelization. Uh, and I'm one of the weird people that actually prefer the books to movies and stuff in general. But she actually says that. Of, he asks, are you okay? And she's like, 
no one's ever asked me if I was okay before. Oh my god, my life. That's so good. <laughs> so, but yeah, go can continue. Oh, uh, I love them. Um, what I don't like, Star Killer Base. <laughs> I really don't like Star Killer Base. I like the um, the the idea of like the first order came to like an old empire um facility like mining facility and kind of used what was already there on Ilum. I love that stuff. Um I just don't like I feel like it was just a little it was just a little too much where <laughs> it was like we can destroy five planets at once, no biggie. And it was just like, oh <laughs> that's a lot. That's very powerful. Um I just feel like it was a little like let's move it back. And um as far as things I would change, I, I love The Force Awakens. Starkiller Base is probably the only thing I would change and like that similarity. It's a little, it's different than A New Hope because there was like multiple plot lines going on woven in. Um, but as far as like the super weapon pop plot line, I would have changed it to something a little more original. Um, it's fine. I just don't love it. Starkiller Base for me is like, let's just not talk about it. <laughs> I don't love it. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I love all those thoughts. Um, for me, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, uh, of things that, that I like. I certainly think that the overall, I think, um, Ryan Kramer, you mentioned it, but um, the directing and kind of the cin cinematography and stuff of all these movies is, is really good. Um, and personally, I mean, this is kind of where we come down to, to perspectives. I... I actually really liked Kylo Ren because, because he wasn't Vader. So when you first watch the movie, you know, he is this guy in a mask and he seems powerful and he stops the bolt and you're like, okay, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Um, and it's, it's halfway through the movie that he takes off the mask. And I mean, unlike a lot of women, I thought he was the ugliest thing I've ever seen. He looked like a wet dog. <laughs> so when he takes it off, I was like, what? Yeah. All right. Uh, any credit you had, it's gone now. But um, I, I always looked at him as a co-protagonist and not a directly an antagonist. Um, but I mean, that little small shift kind of changes it to where he's trying to reach the Vader scariness, and he just can't do it. It's just not in him, you know? Um, uh, there was, you know, I, I did like uh, Finn's introduction, um, and I think some of the, the creatures and, and all this stuff were, were looked really cool. Um, the big hapabore that's like drinking from the water was disgusting and awesome, and I, and I love it. Um, but yeah, there's there's a few things. I also am not a huge fan of Starkiller Base. The thing I hate the most is that um, as to how Han Solo used hyperspace to get through the shield and jumped out before dying, uh, running into the planet. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, I mean, the planet would eventually pull you out of hyperspace, but like that whole scene just didn't make any sense to me and that, that bugged me. Um, and also, as a director, and this is going to be the same with the last movie, uh, I feel like J.J. Abrams um, is too focused on, on playing off of nostalgia than he is, you know, creating something. Um, it's interesting, in Bob Iger's book, uh, which is a really good book, I, I recommend everyone reads it, um, even just for business reasons, but he talks about how they... Uh, George Lucas felt hurt because they didn't go with his script for this movie and 
Bob Iger said, I decided not to go with the script because um, I wanted to, I understand this is for the next generation or whatever, but I want to try and bring um, the older generation with it. And that's why I'm going to do it this way. And overall, I think it hurt. Um, it hurt the whole franchise because it gave people expectations of, okay, if this feels like it's copying, that means that, okay, Ray's the new Luke, and then, and then Poe has to be the new Han Solo. And it, it automatically makes everyone fall into these categories. And then if they aren't falling into those perfectly, then, you know, you can't like it because they're not doing it right. You know what I mean? Like, they started out the trilogy on rails, and it's hard to get off of those rails once you, once you start, if that makes any sense. Oh, that's actually mm-hmm. really interesting when you think about that. Yeah, I like that. Um, also, just just heads up, uh, and I know we have a lot to say in all these movies. If we could kind of run through them a little quicker, and then I want to add, I know it's not in the notes, but after we do Rise of Skywalker, I want us to do reflections of the entire trilogy as a whole so that we can carry things through. You know what I mean? So we can run through these quicker, and then we can spend more time on that part. Um, but yeah, jumping to the next movie, Last Jedi. Um, and we'll start with, uh, with Ryan Pressler. All right. So first thing I love the most about this movie was Luke's death. I think that was enough to make a grown person cry. That was so good. What a, what a perfect ending to his kind of character arc. Um, I think in this movie, the theme of hope was really big and they really made it a big theme, Uh, bigger than force awakens for sure. And I think that's just a big theme in star Wars movies in general, hope, you know, and I, I really liked how they did that with Last Jedi. Um, I like that they added uh, Poe and Leia connection. You know, Poe just, he loves Leia. Um, and I think that was a really great decision to add that dynamic there. And um, yeah, I liked, I liked the movie. It, from start to finish, I was able to be like, all right, this, this is good to watch. It makes sense to me. Um, what did I dislike though? I didn't really like the Luke tossing the lightsaber. I know in the in universe and how with how Disney did it, that was in character for him to throw that lightsaber because, you know, he's kind of given up at this point. But and even Mark Hamill has said, he said, I, I don't think that was in Luke Skywalker to even go down to such a hopeless route. Um, that's probably one of the biggest things I disliked about this movie is that I don't think Luke Skywalker would have lost hope like he did in this. Um, I actually liked Holdo for the most part, but the way that she treated Poe, I think that was just not the best way she could have handled it. She could have been more upfront. It kind of seemed like she was gatekeeping information from him, which I think she could have just handled that a little bit better. Um, The Praetorian guard scene, although it it looked amazing on screen, it looked great. I just think the choreography was kind of wonky with the Praetorian guards. For sure. I mean, if you slow it down, you see a lot of just weird extra movements that weren't necessary. Um, and the fact that they could barely beat a bunch of force-sensitive or non-force-sensitive guards, and these are two super powerful force users. Um, I thought that that was weird. What I would have done differently, I would have made Kylo more intimidating. I would have had more scenes where Daisy Ridley gets more training. Or, I mean, I say Daisy Ridley because I mean, like, the actual actor. I think if she got more training with lightsaber combat, that would reflect better in the movie. Um, and 
Uh, kind of random, but more puppet characters. I think puppet characters is a theme. <laughs> we see it in Mandalorian with the child and in all the other trilogies. I think that'd be cool to see. The, the CGI was great, but I think puppet themes is kind of a theme there. Um, and the way that lightsaber dynamics work, I, they don't really do shallow cuts. I think we've seen in all the movies that that is slice and dice. It is, it doesn't just um, give someone like, like, you know, with Kylo's face, although that was in Force Awakens, but uh, they're not in like when they're cutting up the Praetorian guards, they don't, it should just like slice right through them. At least that's what I think when I think of a lightsaber, it, it kind of just cut them like it was a katana. But that's that's really all I have to say for Last Jedi. Yeah. Okay. And then um, also there's something I, I actually said I was going to talk about on the last one and I didn't. But one of the other things I, I didn't like in The Force Awakens was that, um, believe it or not, Star Wars is about politics. We needed more politics. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that... I also think that the overall reception would have been much better if it was explained how, um, first of all, the resistance is not the, real, the rebels, right? Those are two different things. The rebels ended as soon as the war ended because there's no reason for them to exist. Um, also, the First Order is not the Empire. Um, and they were able to grow because no one really knew that they existed. They started, they were from outside of the the far reaches. And as they came in and started taking over things, they were cutting off communication. So this section is now just cut off. But the, the New Republic is so fractured um, that they don't, they don't know, right? It's not like a single government where they're like, oh, we haven't heard from them in a while, you know? Like some of that, when you would understand that they are, they have a lot of power but they're much, much, much smaller than the Empire was. Uh, but that's what their advantage was, is they didn't make any of their moves until they took out the entire um, New Republic government. And that's when they were like, all right, now's the time to go and make ourselves known. Um, I thought that was a huge missed opportunity, although I highly recommend reading the book Lay of Bloodlines because it's incredible uh, for the story. Anything Claudia Gray touches is cool. But... Back to Last Jedi, um, and uh, Shaylee um, likes, dislikes, and different do's. <laughs> Let's see. Likes, I really like. Um, it was it, As far as themes go, I feel like it was the strongest in conveying its themes. Like, we already, we already talked about hope. Um, another big theme was failure, and like Yoda says, like, failure's the best teacher, and then we see, like, every single character learn something from their failure. And um, I think failure is something that you don't see a ton of in like movies like Star Wars. They're, they tend to go, besides like Order 66, I don't think we see a lot of failure for the most part. So I really love themes of failure. I think it, I love flaws. And um, I love the, how, what it added to the force, like how it, instead of like, oh, there's good and bad, it's more like there's light and dark and both are necessary. And uh, Luke teaches her that. And, like, I love the Force Dyad. I love that addition. I love. I think it's so sick. I think it's very cool. Um, I love new characters. I love Rose. I think Rose, I love seeing, like I said with Ray, I love seeing characters that are driven by compassion, and that's very much Rose. And I said this in a video once, but, like, Rose is um, kind of a, like, representation of what separates the Resistance from the First Order. Um, 
And like a lot of people have a, don't like that she saved Finn. <laughs> and that was a very like, huh, moment. But um, if you, like when you think about things like that, that's exactly what Rose's character would do though. Like even if you don't agree with her decision, she's, that's the kind of, she's a person who is like fueled by love for people. So I love her character. Um, what I didn't like, uh, Canto Bicene was a little long. I, I just feel like there's some things that could have been condensed. Um, but mm-hmm. honestly, as far as how to do it differently, don't ask me. I, I honestly don't know how <laughs> I would have fixed it. I would have liked more more Finn and Ray moments because, again, I love their chemistry so much, and I felt like in the next two movies it was kind of just abandoned. And I was like, such a good dynamic. Give me more of it. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. that's pretty much all I have to say. I love The Last Jedi a lot, so I don't have many complaints. Nice. And then, uh, and Ryan? All right, this is probably my least favorite Star Wars movie, so. I'm going to have a lot more negative things to say about it than it's positive okay. things. Hey, hit us. Um, so uh, good things about it. I like the trailer, um, I guess. I was super excited. Uh, when Luke said it's time for the Jedi to end, I thought it was going to mean something entirely different. I thought it was going to be like the Jedi is a dumb way of looking at things. Let's stop with this whole dark side, light side thing. And they, they kept hinting towards that. Like Kylo Ren is like, join me. Let's tear everything down and all these different things. And I think that's the biggest problem with the sequels is they say, okay, we're gonna push this forward and then they just don't do anything with it. Finn is a stormtrooper. Let's just forget that he's a stormtrooper. Uh, what, how would a stormtrooper react to things? Stuff like that. Um, and I don't know, I feel like that's probably the biggest problem with the sequels is they hint towards these things and then they just don't deliver. And so probably my biggest gripe with The Last Jedi I know a lot of people have covered this, um, but this is more of a problem with the sequels overall is technology. Um, The technology in the sequels is just so lazily done. I think that it is, uh, you guys have said already, you don't like Starkiller Base. I think it's a little over the top. Um, It doesn't make much sense. And then the fact that the planets are that close together, like JJ did that in Star Trek, and now he did it in Star Wars, where the planets are just like super close to each other and it doesn't make much sense. Um, but the half cylinder X-wings, I despise that design. Uh, It makes very little sense why you'd have your engines be half cylinders, especially if your X-wings are going to be used in the atmosphere or something like that. Why would you have them be half cylinders unless the X-wings aren't going to be in their X formation when they're in the atmosphere? Uh, The bombers, I don't know why a resistance group would be using slow moving bombers that are easy to take down like that. I get that they pack a payload and I mean, they took out a dreadnought, but at the end of the day, if you have 10 of those things and you're a resistance group that is shown to only have a few thousand members at at most, you aren't going to pack five or six of your people into one bomber and, you know, have these giant payloads because that isn't going to be manpower efficient for resistance. And I just think that there's a lot of things with technology in general uh, the Holdo maneuver. I know you've uh, said it. It was a one in a million shot. But if it was a one in a million shot, like why is that like a sacrifice or anything? Because it was a one in a million shot. Like Holdo didn't know if it was going to succeed or not. Like it's either you look at it one way where it could be used anywhere, or another way where oh yeah, it was such a lucky shot that she got. And I think if it's such a lucky shot that she got, it doesn't really make much sense because uh, one out of a million. Uh, 999,000 
out of a million times, she is going to miss that and just light speed somewhere else. And it just, I don't know, I just don't like the idea of all the ships just exploding at once. I think it's a pretty weird gimmick, at least. Um, the Last Jedi is all over the place, plot-wise. Um, I didn't, I mean, I was expecting Luke to end the Jedi. And when I learned that, he just said, I want the Jedi to end because he had given up uh, that kind of, I don't know. And that whole scene with Rey and Luke there, it didn't really mean anything. There was nothing the characters learned while they were there other than Leia learned that Luke didn't care. Like uh, Ray learned that Luke didn't care. She didn't really learn anything while she was there. She just went there and then went back to the ship and nothing really changed. The same thing with the Canto Bite scene. It was kind of like they went to Canto Bite to do this whole thing. They brought in a cool new character who I thought would be pretty cool. And then I, I'm guessing he's dead now, uh, the guy with the stutter. Like, they just brought him in, and then he was gone. And, you know, it's just stuff like that. They introduce all these things, and then they just don't use them. And then I think my biggest gripe is probably going to be the Battle of Crate. Um, it, it's set up to be this big battle. You don't see much fighting happen. They fly the little hinky-dinky ships at the AT-AT knockoffs, and then, like, nothing really happens with that. Uh, they like line up in the trenches. You don't see any of like the first order stormtroopers storming the trenches or anything like that, which could have been a cool action scene. Um, they just like disappear. All those resistance soldiers in the trenches, what happened to them? You're never gonna know. Uh, I, don't, I never read the novel. So if they explain that in the novel, I don't know. And then like they, uh, Finn's about to sacrifice himself to take out the big Death Star laser. And Rose stops him. And I don't have a problem with that. Like that's, as uh, Jilly said, that's part of her character. That's probably what she would have done. Keep him from sacrificing himself. But then she says like, we're not going to win this by uh, destroying. It's about saving what we love or something like that. And then the Death Star laser just fires at the door. And you have to assume that a bunch of people like die in that moment. And it just doesn't make much sense. And at the end of the day, they're all celebrating. And there's like 10 of them left half of like a resistance that was a few thousand earlier in the movie. And it's kind of like, okay, like you, there's like 10 of you against the first order now. And I don't know, it just felt really strange. It felt like two gangs going at each other just because the numbers weren't there or something like that. And overall, I just had a really poor experience watching that movie. I just didn't like it that much. Okay. That's yeah. That's that's definitely interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, for for me, uh, as as you guys probably know, it's um, it's it's actually my second favorite Star Wars movie. And so, uh, as far as as the things that I I liked is um, for one is I I really loved uh, Luke's character in this, um, and I fully agree with everyone that says I don't like that Luke left and that he kind of bailed on everyone um i, I don't i really don't <laughs> i really don't like that at all um i've done a bunch of research into finding out you know what was uh, george lucas's original plan and even back then they talk about what they called the luke problem and that's as soon as this guy is on the screen i don't care about anyone else i want to see what he's doing you know like let's let's follow luke and so while i am not a fan of him having left for so long well actually to be, to be fair we actually 
don't know exactly how long he left for. Actually, it's around it's eight about, years, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was like uh, six or seven years, right? Because mm-hmm. um, uh, Kylo Ren's twenty-three at that uh, at the moment. But um, I, I understand why it was it was needed, right? Because you have to. The story's not about not about him. So how are you going to make him in the story um, continue his arc without making him the main character? Uh, and I think that was really important. I think they did a great job of it. Um, and the reason my top three are Empire, Last Jedi, and uh, Return of the Jedi is I, I'm a huge Luke fan. And seeing how they played with his character, especially with all of his moments while training with Yoda, um, those those insights and things kept playing throughout the entire film of even his, his last words was when I'm gone, I won't be the last Jedi. You know, Yoda's last words to him were when I'm gone, the last Jedi you will be. Um, and uh, yeah, playing around with that, that theme of failure because it's the same emotional guy that dives in feet first um, and he continued with what the Jedi did. He wanted to emulate them and be just like his father. Um, and he did. And he ran smack dab into the same problem that the Jedi ran into. And was like, maybe the problem's inherent in the system. Um, and when he's talking to Ray and explaining to her, because his explanation of the Force is different than what we've heard before, because he talks about uh, warmth and cold and life and death. Um, and that you know the force is what connects all of it. It really seems like he has a, a full, a, a completed understanding of it, and how you don't have to be a Jedi to do good. Um, so yeah, I, I really, I really like that. Um, and then I loved the development of Rey and Kylo's character of their relationship, right? Because that's a really odd. How are you going to connect these two? <laughs> these two characters who are on opposite sides and across the galaxy. And bringing the forced dyad from, from legends of what the Sith were always trying to recreate by, with the rule of two, um, bringing that into to canon was just a really cool way to do that. Um, and like the music and sound design behind those scenes were awesome. Like the sound gets sucked out of the room and, and all that stuff. Uh, also- Oh yeah, that was, that was cool. Uh, when Luke comes in, and they're like holding hands and he's like the hell <laughs> like what <laughs> that so just seems, it just makes me laugh because it's like you walk in and, and your daughter has a boy in her room and you're like are you are you kidding um and when the thing blows up um that was all practical the one shot they really blew up the roof of that dome and stuff that i thought that was really cool um and there is yeah there was a bunch of things like that uh obviously no, nobody really likes Canto Bite. That could have been condensed a lot. Um, it did add it did add to Finn's character, right? Because he left the stormtrooper, but he had never experienced anything outside of being a stormtrooper, you know. And that's what he wanted, right? He went to the bar in Taco Don and was like, "This is awesome." Um, so he had to, he chose to leave the stormtroopers but he didn't choose to be part of anything else. And he was unconscious when he was brought to the resistance. So it was cool that they made him make that choice, but that whole thing could have been condensed quite a bit, in my opinion. Um, and uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a, a few things that um, 
I didn't like. And I think that C plot is a weak part in the story, and that's why it'll it'll never become my number one movie because of how weak the the C the Campbellite plot was. Um, I also really enjoyed. I mean, I, I actually really liked the the whole the maneuver. Um, I thought the whole storytelling behind, like these ships are just accelerating full speed, and you're just trying to out accelerate the next one. It was a really unique plot. You know, it's um, something we hadn't seen in, in Star Wars before, and it played around with some of the themes that we saw in the original trilogy behind you know fuel and uh, and the the dangers of hyperspace and, and all that stuff. Um, I, I personally, I would have shot, um, <laughs> I would have shot Poe out of an airlock if he disobeyed orders and got like dozens of people killed. <laughs> um, also they could have shot the whole Mary Poppins scene a lot better. Um, it looked like she was flying rather than pulling herself in with the force. I know that's a small difference, but to me, it makes a big difference. <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks a little weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, also, I would have kept the third lesson in. You know, um, it's in the deleted scenes. It's in a novel. Is that the one where she runs lesson. out into like the party? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I kept that. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, go ahead and move forward and hit uh, Rise of Skywalker. And uh, I know that Shaylee loves this. This one is actually my least favorite Star Wars movie. Um, <laughs> I really understand why it would be though. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Shaylee, Rise of Skywalker, likes, dislikes, and what would you have done differently? Um, I think Ray and Ben, um, their dynamic was awesome in The Last Jedi, but I think, again, they, they stole the show in The Rise of Skywalker. I love the battles of the fights through the Force Dyad, where like he realizes where she is because she knocks over something in his room. I thought that was so sick. I love that. So I think that their relationship, their interactions really stole the show. And not just like, I'm not talking about Raylo. I just mean like them as like characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I really loved seeing Leia get to become a um, Jedi, almost. And then um, just knowing that she got trained was, was meant a lot to me because I've been waiting for that. And also <laughs> I think Leia's send off was really beautiful. Um, I thought that that could not have been better. I thought it was very beautiful. I loved, Oh my gosh, the moment with Ben and Han. Ah, tears. So many tears. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> oh. Um, what else? What else? What else? I really loved um, Ray taking the Skywalker name because I think it's a very natural path from overcoming your trauma to like making that decision. I don't know how to explain it super well. But um, I think it was, like, the obvious choice for her um, was to decide um, her own fate, her own, um, like, who she wanted to be. And I think carrying on that legacy is really beautiful. Um, And, yeah, as far as stuff I didn't like, I don't like the unnatural introduction of Palpatine. Um, and the lack of explanation. So, like, whenever I think of the prequels, I think of over-explaining, and when I think of the sequels, I think of under-explaining. And, like, the Palpatine thing didn't bother me, but I wish it had been hinted at more strongly sooner and set up better and then explained better. Because, like, it's actually pretty cool, but, like, most people didn't get it from the movies, like, how he came back and, like, 
if I hadn't read into it more, I don't know if I would have gotten it either. Um, I don't mind Palpatine coming back, but it was not explained very well, I don't think. Um, as far as what I would have done differently, these are kind of minor things. I couldn't think of anything, like, huge I would have done differently. Um, the big the last battle I would have had force ghosts behind Ray, not just the voices. I think it could have been a very visually powerful scene somehow, but um, it was still very powerful. I love that scene, but like, oh, and also wish for at least one interaction between Ben and Anakin. I think that would have been very yeah. emotional because like his yes. whole thing was like, I gotta be like Vader. Like I gotta live up to Vader. And then like, if he, if that had been, if he had actually got to like talk to Anakin and that had been one of the things that pulled him out of it, Oh man, I would have been a mess. I was already a mess with the Han moment, but I would have also loved an Anakin Ben moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I like this movie for me. I I can I just want to say I completely understand why people don't like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I really get it. So um, <laughs> there's just so many moments that were so strong for me that like when I think about it, I'm like I just I just love it. There's a lot that I didn't like. Like, I don't love the Babu Frick plotline. I don't love how the the knife. I don't have a huge problem with it, but I was just kind of like, okay, if it's random. And then um, <laughs> I don't like. I don't like how they were so mean to C three PO. Like, oh, I know. They didn't care about He's him. Precious. He was like gonna give his life, and they were just like do it <laughs> pull the plug <laughs> it was really funny to me was he was like I'm, I'm glad i'm gonna like the last thing i'm gonna see is my friends and it's like these, here's these three people who don't care about you like if he had said that to like han solo or luke skywalker or like leia it would have made sense or if he had said it like in front of like r2d2 but none of them were there he was just looking at like these three people who he had interacted with like a couple times <laughs> yeah. on camera they were, so spoke. they were so mean yeah Anyways, yeah, that is... that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Ryan, keep going. All right, so um, I'm going to say it right now. I did not like the comedic approach the sequels took to Star Wars. Um, the only things I can really see before that that were really comedic were, I mean, in the originals, um, the whole comedy part was that everyone took everything so seriously. Like, that's what's funny. Like, the Leia and Han together in the Millennium Falcon and Empire Strikes Back is funny because they're taking everything so seriously and there aren't really many jokes. The only things that are really like jokes in Star Wars before this were two things. And I think it was the um, Jar Jar Binks was obviously there for uh, giggles. And then Obi-Wan and Anakin's banter in Revenge, of the Sith, in Revenge of the Sith, which I think was actually well done. And you can tell that their banter is because they're friends. They've known each other for a long time and stuff like that. And it's kind of like a contrast between like the good that happened before Anakin turned to the dark side and then like the fighting they're doing later when they're obviously at each other's throats. Um, but yeah, take out all the, take out not all of it, like there could be some humor, but I think that a lot of the humor in the sequels is just like gags. Like when Luke throws away the lightsaber, that's not, like, I feel like that doesn't mean anything. That was there to be like, a laugh that was there to be like a joke and there's like a lot of moments that are just there to be jokes in the sequels and i think they kind of take away from emotional moments like am i supposed to be laughing or am i supposed to be like you know uh feel like afraid or like sad or something like that but i think yeah palpatine uh i wasn't 
quite sold. As soon as I heard his voice, I was like, oh crap, they're bringing Palpatine back in the trailer. And I, and like, I was like, okay. And, um, but I'm going to say my biggest problem with the rise of Skywalker was definitely the giant, like as many ships as possible uh, going at each other. Like it didn't really make much sense that there was just a bazillion uh, first order ships and then a bazillion uh, everyone else ships that just show up at the end. Uh, everyone wants to recreate Pelennor fields. I know everyone wants to recreate, you know, the end game scene where everybody just lines up and fights each other. But at the end of the day, there you shouldn't be doing that all the time. There are times to do that and there are times not to. And in Star Wars, the only times we've gotten a fight on that scale where there's that many ships is Coruscant. And in the Battle of Coruscant, we weren't focused on the fighting. We were focused on Anakin and Obi-Wan zipping around in their starfighters uh, showing off, you know, their chemistry and their kind of abilities and how like Anakin wants to like save the clone troopers, but he has to focus on the mission. And, you know, like the Battle of Coruscant isn't like what you're supposed to be paying attention to. And I feel like the big fights in Star Wars, you know, I've always gotten so much more from like the dog fights in Star Wars. Like when Slave One is chasing Obi-Wan, like the sound effects, everything in that fight is just perfect. And the large fights in so Star Wars. Charges. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. I could listen to that and repeat. <laughs> yeah, those are just. I was like, fluttering thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that's where Star Wars has always succeeded in those dogfight moments. A New Hope has those dogfight moments. Uh, when the music is going on, uh, Dark Chaco said this earlier today when he was streaming on TikTok, the music when uh, Han Solo is uh, flying through the asteroids and the TIE fighters are chasing them. Like that's such a more powerful moment than what you get in The Last Jedi where they're just zipping through planets at hyperspace levels. Uh, and you, it's not, and the same sense of danger is there in both movies. But Empire Strikes Back is just a so much simpler tone. They're flying through an asteroid field. And yet there's so much like better mechanics. And then The Rise of Skywalker, probably my least favorite music selection. The other Ryan mentioned earlier that he would have liked more original soundtracks. I'm actually going to disagree with that. I think the prequels succeeded in their music choices because the prequels used a lot of original music. There is very little... Um, uh, or OT music in the prequels, except as like part of other um, mm -hmm. tracks. So like Battle of the Heroes has the Force theme show up a bit, but it's not the main track going on. And Rise of Skywalker plays like a greatest hits anthem and they just play it all in like the wrong moments. And I feel like the movie was just with the MacGuffin and like uh, Shirley was saying earlier, like they hold the knife up and it just matches the Death Star for some reason. A knife that I'm assuming was made thousands of years before, and somehow it just matches the Death Star wreckage. Uh, like I don't know. And um, yeah, the Rise of Skywalker didn't really do it for me. Uh, I did like the fight though when they were like fighting. Uh, Kylo Ren and um, Rey were fighting through the Force Died. That was really cool. I liked how that was done. But then like the whole Palpatine scene, Rey's about to kill him. And then he's like, oh, if you kill me, you'll turn to the dark side. And then it's like Palpatine like told her that. Like, I feel like they could have done it earlier. Like Leia could have told or Luke could have told Rey, be careful not to give in to anger and stuff like that. And then later she recalls that and then doesn't kill Palpatine because of that. But instead like Palpatine tells her, strike me down and you will become the next Sith. And so Rey decides not to strike him down. And so it's kind of like Palpatine, you know, the master manipulator kind of unmanipulates Rey. 
into killing him when two seconds before she probably would have if he hadn't have said that. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's just my overall opinion on The Rise of Skywalker. I think a lot of its failures came from The Last Jedi kind of wrapping things up. Like, I, after I saw The Last Jedi, I did not know where they were going to take the next film. I think that it, it, it was, if I was a director and I had to direct the next movie, I would have had no idea where to take the next film. Uh, that's just how I see it. The Last Jedi just wrapped a lot of things up. They killed off Snoke. They did all these things. And it was kind of like, where do you take the movies from here? And so I don't actually blame. That's why it's not my least favorite Star Wars movie, even though I probably dislike it the most because it's just where were they going to take it? Like, I think they were kind of like doomed to fail, at least in my opinion. But I'll leave it to the next Ryan to give his thoughts. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely uh, interesting. And also to to your point, um, for both the uh, I, I don't think it, it wasn't this way for um, episode four, but for all the rest of the original trilogy, as well as the prequels, George Lucas brought in, um, like had the music designed along with the movie as it was being filmed. They weren't scoring a, a movie at the end. They were designing them together and interweaving them. And that was super powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love both Kylo Ren's theme and Ray's theme. I think Ray's theme is actually Oh yeah, I like race theme. Race theme is probably the best one, and then the March of the Resistance are probably the two, in my opinion, the two best soundtracks. Yeah, like when they play race theme, the times they play race theme in the Force Awakens, as I said earlier, the music in the Force Awakens was really on point, and they used race theme. And the time where like uh, you hear the March of the Resistance start playing, and all the X wings just start flying along the water, like that's just a really good use of music and cinematography. Oh yeah, it just doesn't have it love that scene uh but yeah oh ryan yeah go ahead with your your yeah um actually when i was saying with the music when i said original music is what we need more of i meant to also include uh prequel music for example uh i don't know if you guys know the names of the songs but we have like darker deeds um anakin's betrayal which is the order 66 theme i think those like super sad themes or uh the birth of the two twins that's another good one include some of that music in the uh sequels and it could literally change the emotional meaning for example i think uh using the order 66 theme when uh kylo kills han because when that's that's pretty much one of his biggest sacrifices or really the biggest test to his dark side is when he kills han and that's also anakin's biggest test to his dark side when he um you know kills mace windu and then you know order 66 goes through um i think that could pull me more into the sequels liking it a lot more if just having more prequel music maybe i'm just more like a really musically driven person when it comes to the star wars movies but yeah uh for rise of skywalker though what i liked i would say i like that ray is really showing that she's a skywalker in this movie she's finding more creative ways to win in situations where it's uh you know you got a bunch of stormtroopers on you she's finding really creative ways uh one example is when she tells BB to explode that yellow canister um, in the very beginning. Um, it's just like creative ways to just get wins. And I think that's really how Anakin did it. Um, I think the droids, all the droids were great. We got to see a little bit more droids in here. And I really like Babu Frick, actually. I thought Babu Frick was <laughs> so funny. <laughs> um, 
And I think Finn and Poe really strengthened their relationship here. But Rose, like what happened to Rose? I actually liked her. A lot of people don't. I know almost all of my friends. I, I don't think I can name a single person I'm friends with that likes Rose, which I don't get why, but I like Rose a lot. And they barely used her in this movie. I think she had like five lines. And um, what else? Oh, the Knights of Ren. I think they were overhyped and underused kind of like how Phasma was in F.A., but I think the, the Knights of Rens were so cool. We could totally see more stuff with them. We didn't get to, unfortunately, but that's really the two major things, and of course, lightsaber fights, which I've kind of been nitpicking throughout uh, the analysis of the other uh, couple movies. And then done differently, um, I would still still say music and that's oh also um i made a, i made a video about like the whole ray skywalker name thing i was mainly kidding there but in reality i'm i'm totally cool with the whole ray skywalker name um that's how that's how it is in the movies but i think it would have been really cool to see her embrace the palpatine name the name that's been looked at by the entire galaxy as this menacing and just destructive uh name and then now all of a sudden it's one of the one of the greatest people in the universe now is using this this name. I think it would be a really cool twist to have Ray go by Palpatine. But that's really all I'd have to say about uh, Rise of Skywalker. All right. And then um, also, sorry, there's something else I, I forgot about in in the Last Jedi that I absolutely hated. Oh my <laughs> god, I hated it so much. But. When BB-8 started controlling the walker, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I was weird. like, what? And I, I would have hated it more had Finn not had the same expression on his face that I had on my face of like, <laughs> the hell? <laughs> they made a Lego set based on that. And I can tell you it is probably oh, one of the worst received Lego sets of all time. I'm really big into Star Wars Lego. Lego Star Wars got me into Star Wars a lot. Like, I'd buy Lego sets and I'd want to see where they were in the movies when I was a little kid and stuff like that. And for me especially, like, they released that Lego set and I was just like, why? Why release that <laughs> Lego set? Yeah. Um, also in the beginning of The Last Jedi, when BB-8 was plugging electric leaks or whatever yeah. and just smash his head, yeah. that also confused the hell out of me of, like, I don't, I don't understand what he's doing here. But anyways, just I just thought, thought about those. Um, so, Rise of Skywalker is is my my least favorite um, of the Star Wars films. And in fact, Rogue One was my least favorite until I rewatched it for the because I just did an episode on Rogue One and talking with all those people that loved it, and then rewatching it, it like it raised it. I I know you love it, Shaylee. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, what did I like about it? Um, I thought. You could think about it. Sorry, sorry. I don't. I don't mean. I don't mean it like that. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's one of the tone things again. Uh, so one of the things I did love is how the interplay with the the dyad worked. Right when they are, you know, when the, they are forcibly meeting together and they're still like, God, this is still happening. And Kylo Ren like walks up and then 
snatches the necklace and then is able to use that. It's a cool continuation of, you know, what we saw from that from The Last Jedi. So I did really like that. Um, I also, uh, again, it's, it's a very beautifully shot movie. Um, and uh, I, I agree with um, Victoria Vader's is in the chat and was talking about the uh, similarities between um, Leia's death uh, how it was in love, um, you know, and with her child it being similar to um, Padme's death, um, while at the same time bringing her closer to her father. Of course, part of this comes from being a nerd and reading all the books because, you know, she never got that catharsis. Like Luke saw Vader turn to the light. Leia didn't see that. She saw a monster that tortured her and then mm -hmm. blew up her planet. She never, <laughs> you know, they had to just take Luke's word for that. Um, but that kind of gets into some of the things I dislike is uh, it was, so this, this movie felt like, and, and we actually know that they changed directions for this movie. And I know that, I mean, I feel like this was because of um, the the reaction to The Last Jedi. Um, I know a lot of people were screaming, you know, raise a Mary Sue and like, why is she so powerful? Which is also odd to me because she's the weakest of the protagonists and, uh, you know, but I feel like, you know, her being related to Palpatine um, was was tossed in after the fact and we, we actually know that that's true. Um, and I also think that JJ again plays off of nostalgia more than he does. Uh, like fan service can be great. It can be great as long as it makes sense in the universe. And I feel like there's a lot of stuff in this movie that were we not the audience, like that we as the audience understand, and the people in the in the film have no idea what's happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like um, uh, when they're like somehow Palpatine has returned and then the one guy's everyone's like oh no oh my god uh and then like you know secrets only the Sith knew dark magic cloning or whatever who knew that Palpatine was a Sith Lord who, who knew that nope no one in the Empire knew that right so I don't know that part seems super weird to me because you're like <laughs> you know what I mean that's something we know how, how do you know it? Also, like the cloning, a secret only the Sith knew. And then it's like the Kaminoans have been doing it for years yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. There's an entire war. There's entire, did, did you guys miss, uh, you know, 40 years ago, 50 <laughs> years ago? And, you know, there was this giant galactic war called the Clone Wars. <laughs> uh, but you know, at, at the same time, there is something to be said of you know, 40, 50 years ago to us, that's Nazi Germany, right? There's a lot of stuff we don't know. Uh, it's more like Vietnam, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, but it's more applicable to how they, that's yeah. more the what they were modeled after. Yeah, Although yeah. the rebels were modeled after the Viet Cong, but anyways. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff that was for the fans that I don't understand how the people in the film knew also, the beginning felt rushed. Um, now, I don't blame that on The Last Jedi because especially after we saw that Colin Trevorrow had, had uh, a different script and um, as well as what I thought 
what it felt like they were setting up is for Kylo Ren to become, to embrace his role as a supreme leader and become the big bad. Um, you know what I mean? I, I think of Anakin at the end of episode three, where he, he's talking to Padme and he's like, yeah, I can overthrow the, the emperor. I'm power, more powerful than he is. And then we can just run things ourselves, you know? And that was the same offer that he made to Rey in The Last Jedi. Um, and whereas Rey, she followed uh, Luke's journey all the way up to Luke and Vader in the elevator going up to see the emperor of being like, no, I'm, I'm going to resist this. So I was hoping the last movie was going to be the, a stand-in for Revenge of the Sith Anakin versus a stand-in for Return of the Jedi Luke. And I thought that would be incredible. But um, yeah, the beginning felt, it felt rushed to me, um, not because they didn't have a place to go, but because they just tried to do too much. You know, you had to go here to get the message, to bring it back, to go here to find um, the knife to go here to read the inscription to go here to find the Death Star then you go into the Death Star to find the Wayfinder you know what I mean like there was a lot of MacGuffin 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 um, it's like a weird like scavenge scavenger hunt like Goonies yeah. Yeah. kind of movie <laughs> yeah and which which is okay but um, you know I, I do think that, that that part could have been done better uh, oh one thing I did love is so we, we got to see Kylo Ren fighting with this unstable blade and he fully mimicked his blade and how he fought and especially when, while he's fighting Luke and you can see how wild and emotional you know what I mean he's relying on his emotions for power not his skills not his mind his emotions which is you know, the trap of the Sith. Um, I loved that as soon as he got, you know, Anakin's blade, um, his fighting style was way different. When he fought the, the Knights of Ren, he fought very smoothly, very fluidly, like he was using his skills. So I thought that was, a, that was really cool because it shows that that is definitely part of him that's in his wheelhouse and he was choosing not to do it. Um, I got feels, major feels, when Harrison Ford came back. Um, I still maintain, I wish that was Anakin telling him, don't follow my path. My path led to nothing, um, you know. Seeing Hayden Christensen on screen again, oh my God, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you might get that with the Obi-Wan show. Yeah, I heard yeah. that he's uh, playing a big part, but that's a rumor. Yeah. It better be true. Uh, and to answer your question, I would defecate. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, overall, like there's there's a lot of changes I, I would make. Um, they ran out of things to do with with Finn. He just ran around yelling "Gray" a lot. That was um, one of my biggest complaints too. I forgot. Yeah, he they his force sensitivity, which was hinted throughout all of the movies. There's always bits where you can tell there was something there but in this movie it was solely used for him to know what's going on with ray when she's not next to him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um his potential yeah uh and then uh, additionally um at the end they tried to make it uh, a big three you know just like han luke and leia but they, they weren't a big three like poe wasn't part of that yeah <laughs> like Finn was the link between Poe po and her. And so it felt weird at the end when they're all like hugging and, yeah. and jumping. 
Um, it's a lot different than the OT because in the OT we see them in the first one, kind of all three of them kind of working together to escape, yeah. actually uh, working together to escape the Death Star and then they fight the TIE fighters together and then they blow up the Death Star together. You never really got that in, um, yeah, the Force Awakens or Last Jedi. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I, I would change. Uh, again, I, I feel like the problem of this movie is the same thing that happened to um, Justice League. Of There was fan backlash after the previous, the previous films. Um, people didn't like, you know, Batman vs. Superman. Um, which, the, when they added the deleted scenes, it actually made sense. But you would have gotten a better movie altogether had they continued on target rather than tried to pivot partway through. And that's, that's kind of how I feel. Um, as far as uh, her becoming Ray Skywalker in the theater, I hated it. Hated it. Um, and then I started talking to some people and it gave me a complete 180 because um, A, I realized all the Skywalkers are dead. So this name is going to f go into obscurity forever. Um, or she can, she can carry it on. And then also knowing people who have had to, you know, it's, it's common these days that people have like friends giving and stuff like that because they don't have a traditional family um, and they find their family and their friends or people from the LGBTQ com um, community who are disowned by their family having to find a new one. And when I saw how much it meant to those people, then all of a sudden it clicked. And I was like, okay, no, I, I, I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, yeah, those are just kind of kind of my thoughts on it. Um, and, you know, since all of us are taking turns and going in different orders, I'm curious if you guys have, I want to do final thoughts for the entire trilogy of movies. I know it's not on the, the thing, but um, from what you guys are thinking and from what you've heard from other people, I'm curious if anything else jumps out at you uh, for either likes, dislikes, or things that you would do differently. Um, to be honest, I have no idea who I started with, so I'm starting with Ryan Presley. <laughs> um, I think especially after I rewatched it, I definitely liked it a lot more than when I just saw the movie separately and maybe rewatched them here and there. But I think rewatch it, people out there, if you just rewatch it, you might enjoy it a lot more. Um, but also the biggest thing for me would have to be the, the music and the, the combat and maybe just you know, giving, giving characters more of a chance. Uh, we, we get to, we get to see a lot of characters that just, we don't get to see after like a certain point, they kind of get cut off. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's, that's really my, I guess, closing statement for the sequels. Yeah. Um, also quick question for you. Uh, where would you put across the stars? If you were going to put it somewhere in the, in the sequels, oh. that song gives me chills. Um, and I, I just, I, like, I, I love it. Um, also, I don't, I don't know if you guys are into like, I don't know if it's metal or not, but have you listened to Galactic Empire? They're like a, a piecemeal metal band and they only cover Star Wars songs. And it's Oh, I have not, but I bet that sounds awesome. cool. And their cover of Across the Stars just blows my mind. They also do my favorite, the Astro theme. But yeah, uh, real quick, Ryan, Across would, the Stars. Yeah, I would say Across the Stars, I would put that when Ben and Ray kiss. Yeah. Okay. I would say put it there. <laughs> that would... <laughs> 
people that already do don't that like people. that. <laughs> yeah. People already don't like that. That would just the people that do like it, they'll love it. The people that hate that already existing connection, they would hate it. But I don't I can't see any other place it would go. I mean, that's like a real intimate song for like two people, I think, that yeah. love each other. So probably there. But it'd be kind of weird. It would definitely be weird. And it would tie that together. Uh, that's also one of my dislikes is that uh, is that Ben has no dialogue as Ben at all. <laughs> that was I know. Choice. But that's, that's okay. Um, <laughs> he says, ouch. But that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shaylee? Um, now we're looking at start to finish. Cool collection. Whenever I, I don't know, whenever I look at each trilogy, I like have a lot of things I love and a lot of things I hate. Overall, this one I have the most loves, but there's also a ton of like potential that was like missed, like Finn. And then like, it's still my favorite trilogy. It could have been one of the greatest things ever (laughs) though. But um, yeah, there's so much to love. There's so much to love, but um, I don't know. I don't have any really new thoughts but i was re-watching i listen to this i already watched the force awakens today because it's been a little while and i enjoy that movie so much more than i remembered so much to mm. the extent because i haven't watched it in like a year or something i might move it up my list like <laughs> i had so much fun watching that sure. today yeah um yeah so I, yeah i just my closing thoughts are i just really love the sequels there was a lot of missed potential but you know, I think Disney, that was kind of, the sequel trilogy was like dipping their toes in the water. I think next time when they can branch away from Skywalker saga and they can start fresh, I think it'll be something really awesome. Yeah, I agree with that as well. And then, I mean, you you saying that also reminds me of something that, um, you know, our, our good friend, you know, Victoria Vader said earlier, because, you know, she teaches, um, she teaches dance and, she was telling us about how there's a bunch of little girls in her dance studio having a full-on Star Wars debate with each other. While, <laughs> and it's just unheard of for like, you know, six, seven-year-old girls to have a debate about Star Wars. So <laughs> I, I do love that it, it expanded, it, it reached, you know, this, this other, these other people. Um, that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, Ryan, start to finish. Um. I I probably dislike the sequels more than anyone else here, just given by the discussions. They're definitely my least favorite Star Wars movies by far, which is oh, yeah. sad because I liked um, I loved Rogue One, um, I loved Solo, um, and I really liked The Mandalorian. Um, but yeah, I just did not like what they did. The post Imperial era before the sequels was my favorite era of Star Wars. Mm. You had so many good book series. You had uh, Rogue Squadron. You had the Thrawn books. You had the Jedi Hunt books, or uh, the one where Luke's starting the Jedi Order and Exar Kun returns. Um, You had uh, the legacy novels. Um, You had all these things. And they kind of just threw those out the window. And to me, someone who had read all those books really enjoyed those stories. And then I went into The Force Awakens. And I actually kind of enjoyed The Force Awakens. When I first saw it, something seemed off to me. It didn't really develop. I didn't really start to think about it negatively until I read the Aftermath books. I I really disliked those books coming from Timothy Zahn (laughs) and other writers. 
and just the battle scenes that they really did and the amount of care they put into their lore and their campaigns and their imperial remnants and stuff like that. And then going to Aftermath, which cares nothing for the military side of things and stuff like that. It's a really big jump, at least to, in my opinion, from those two books. And I don't know, I just really dislike the Aftermath. And for the sequels, I was never going to like them because the things I wanted to see which were like the Jedi Order, how it was going to be like reborn or something mm -hmm. like that, or how the New Republic is like doing and stuff like that. I would have liked a lot more lore. And personally, I'm really into role playing. So I GM a lot of Star Wars role play with my friends and myself. And that's kind of a big part in my life is uh, a lot of Star Wars um, role playing games. And for me, the lore of Star Wars movies, what goes on behind the scenes in the Star Wars movies is the most interesting part to me. Um, I like Agreed. the prequels because the Clone Wars is going on. I like the OT because the whole Empire versus the Rebels conflict, uh, the mid-rim offensive is such an interesting uh, scene in between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back and Legends. And all of that outside lore was really what I loved about Star Wars. And so really like the new movies and the new books, save for a few, I liked Lost Stars. I thought Lost Stars was really good at what it was. And I think the lore behind Lost Stars was incredible. Uh, I really liked that. And, um, but overall, just the, it feels like two gangs fighting each other. It's a couple ships fighting each other. At the end of the Rise of Skywalker, the First Order isn't dead. The First Order, like, they didn't do anything to the First Order. The First Order still exists. They defeated Palpatine's ships, his Zeiston Star Destroyers, but all of that First Order strength uh, that we saw at the end of The Last Jedi, that's still there. You know, they never defeated that. So it's kind of like uh, you set up these people to be the main villains of your series, and then they're not even defeated at the end of your series. You know, they're still out there. They never suffered a crushing defeat other than in the first movie. And it's like, okay, so why didn't you do anything with the First Order? Why didn't you include the First Order in the big fight at the end? But it's kind of like, I don't know. And I feel like overall, it would have benefited more if you had the same director for all three films. Mm -hmm. I think that if it was one person's vision over two people's visions, and I really do think, I disagree with you on that, that they didn't have a very clear plan set out. They might've had guidelines. They might've said, okay, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. But they didn't really have a clear storyboard set out for all three movies. And you can tell that Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams are cutting jokes at each other while they're making their films. Uh, Snoke has a line to Kylo Ren where he's like, you lost to a girl who had never even held a lightsaber, which I feel like is kind of like a slight jab at J.J. Abrams. And I feel like the two were kind of fighting each other. Like J.J. Abrams sets up that Ray is going to have some lineage. And in the books, you even get that, that Ray has some lineage. Then Ryan Johnson says, okay, Ray doesn't have lineage. And then at the end of the day, she does have lineage. And it's kind of like, okay. And maybe if you get a lot of the behind the scenes things, you can say, okay, that makes sense. But I don't think they should have included those things in the movies if they were going to have that overall plan at the end. Like if Kylo Ren knew she was Palpatine's granddaughter in the beginning, that makes sense because he says that like everyone's in the books, because that's the only book I've read. Uh, they mentioned that uh, Ray oh, said Oh, it that, is you. Yeah. Oh, it is you. And it's like Ray is saying everyone seemed to know who she was except her. 
And then it's like, people knew that she was somebody's person. And then Ryan Johnson is like, oh yeah, you're nobody. Which to me, at least when I heard that, I was like, that can't be true because The Force Awakens literally set up in the book that Ray was somebody. And so, I don't know. It's just like, there was a lot of conflict that I could pick up in these three movies that they were kind of tugging at each other. Ryan Johnson was tugging one way and J.J. Abrams was tugging the other way. And quite honestly, like, I just felt like it wasn't the more uh, coherent story that we could have got if mm -hmm. one person was directing all three. I, I actually, I mean, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. It felt to me like, uh, like force awakens was like a shot straight down the middle. And mm -hmm. then last Jedi was like a, a turn to, to the right. And then instead of, taking this and like going straight or going right or whatever felt like this one was like here yeah. <laughs> you know that's that's kind of what it felt to me so I, I i can definitely feel you on that um and and i agree um what i would say is uh for for my overall thoughts um there's there's definitely a lot that they could do differently uh also what you said about um her being a Palpatine and you know as as we know that decision did come later um the thing it always makes me chuckle is <laughs> is because in Last Jedi he says that your your parents sold you for drinking money and then in the next one they're like they sold you to care for it to take care of you and you're like you couldn't have dropped her off at some old lady house or like a church or something you you actually sold her you got money and you left her with uncarved plot win win i mean yeah that that is that is i mean kyle Ren could have always been lying to like get her worked up that right. they sold her for drinking money that, that doesn't necessarily have to be true although in star wars i have a feeling that when characters do say things it is true because the whole luke i am your father or not, uh, not Luke, I'm your father. No, I'm your father scene. Most people, when they saw it, they didn't actually think it was true. At least talking like my dad and stuff like that. He's like, no, I thought Darth Vader was totally lying in that moment and stuff like that. And I feel like in Star Wars, when characters say stuff like that, they aren't lying just because mm -hmm. of the precedent that Empire Strikes Back set up. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I agree with that as well. It feels like most people in Star Wars, they're saying what they believe to be true. And they've arranged this universe to where you understand that all these people have different perspectives. Just because this person believes it's true doesn't mean it's true. Obi-Wan fully thought that Luke was the chosen one. Why would he think Anakin was still the chosen one? Anakin murdered everyone and turned to the dark side. But Anakin was still the chosen one, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I do think about that as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, m moving forward, I, I kind of want to come back now that we've um, gone through all the movies, because uh, there's, we, we get a lot of, of backlash whenever people talk about Ray as, as a character. Um, and, uh, and then specifically when they mention Ray Skywalker. Now, I want those to kind of be two separate things, but I am curious to hear your guys' thoughts on why do people dislike Ray in general? And what is the big problem with Ray Skywalker? Why is that? Why is that a thing? I, I don't understand why it's a thing. Um, and I'll, I'll start with uh, with Shaylee. Um, I think a lot of Ray's 
So there's like a difference between people who, <laughs> who just sort of like, yeah, Ray's whatever. Like, don't, I don't like Ray. And people who vehemently like hate Ray and think she's the worst thing that happened to Star Wars. I think a lot of people like have this like great hatred for Ray just because I don't think they understand her. And I think um, there's a few reasons. Um, I made a video about it recently. I think a lot of people don't understand her character and her character arc. And um, yeah, it, we just forget that just because you don't connect to a character personally doesn't make them a bad character. Because from beginning to end, I connected with Ray 1000%, like a million percent. Really, she meant a lot to me. But people who don't understand her story say that she doesn't have a story or doesn't have an arc or it was terrible. But it's like, well, you just didn't connect to it. And that's fine. You do not have to like her. But um, yeah, I think the main reason for Ray's um, hate is just misunderstanding. I think we haven't, it's our first time seeing a central pro central protagonist in Star Wars that's um, female. And like, like I said before, we tend to put female leads in this box where it's like, you have to kind of reject femininity a bit, be very stoic. And if she's not a bitch, that. you're not strong. <laughs> right. And like, she didn't do that. And that's what people expect. And then when they give, um, and when I ask them, I'm like, well, who do you like, what characters do you like? It's always across the board. It's always like people who, who did, like, like I said, it's always people who re who have rejected this femininity. And like, even some people use even Ahsoka for an example, but when Ahsoka had a personality, like more of a personality, everybody hated her. Everybody hated her so much. And then what did she become? I love Ahsoka, favorite character ever, but what should she in season seven was very stoic you know and it's like once she got to that box they liked ah, then then they that. were like um now they like ahsoka does that make sense that's interesting i've i've never even made that connection that's one of the reasons i wanted to have you on because I, I there's a lot of things i don't i don't make those connections in myself you know um and and then also so i do have the third question there um there's there's a lot of things where people who don't like ray end up being called like a misogynist or something like that uh, sometimes i mean oftentimes it's it's unfair sometimes it's not um i don't think we should throw around words like that you know willy-nilly but i i also want to hear your your thoughts on on that shaley and then we'll carry those through through everyone um as far as the misogynist thing i think you just have to keep in mind <laughs> i run a star wars account i love ray 99% of the time, I'll say 98% of the time, the reasons people give me for not liking her are really sexist. And I don't think that represents the majority of people that don't like her, but they're definitely the loudest. So like whenever I get that all the time, like all these sexist reasons, I get frustrated. And sometimes I'm just like, oh, y'all just hate me because she's a woman. And like, so that comes across as that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> just keep in mind that I hear it all the time. But um, I think I think also a lot of people give reasons they don't like Ray, but they don't realize that there's a bias there. So like the Mary Sue thing is blatantly biased because like you said, she's actually the weakest of the protagonists and she's, um, there's like anytime she won or anything, there was like an external reason like there, and there's explanations for everything, but, um, people, throw that term Mary Sue, Mary Sue, Mary Sue, but we don't question, 
like if there's a plot device explaining a male character's power, we don't question it. Like Luke's the chosen one. That's why he's so powerful. We don't question that. We're like, oh, he's the chosen one. But then there's like reasons for Ray to be so powerful, but we're like, <laughs> it's just like, I don't think people realize that there's a bias there. And I don't think that people realize like when I was talking earlier that they have a bias for female characters. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's anybody's fault. I think that's a result of a lack mm. of um, representation of a variety of female personalities and leads and strong characters. And like one example that I always give um, that I think really nailed it, Game of Thrones, if you look at Sansa versus Arya, um, one of them uses her femininity in a very powerful way and she's equally as strong. And then like Arya, I'm getting their names right, right? I haven't watched yeah. this since season eight because, oh my Sansa's God. Sansa's the older one who's yeah. um, a lot more mature. And then Arya's the uh, younger one who's like super, um, you know, uh, loves fighting, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so she's uh, like, rejects her femininity. they did an excellent job of showing a variety of female strengths. Like you do not, you can be like Arya and reject femininity and that is valid and that's awesome. But you can also be like Sansa. And like, I feel like Game of Thrones did that really well, but you don't see that often. So I think that's, that results in people misunderstanding Rey. They think she's like not realistic or, they think she's not like a real woman, but she's exactly like me. I'm like, I'm a real woman. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like we just, I don't think it's anybody's fault for misunderstanding Rey's character. I think it is a result of a lack of representation and I think it will get better. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, so I just think the misogyny thing, I don't think people realize the reasons they're giving a lot of the times. Like there's plenty of reasons to criticize Ray that are not misogynistic that I heard. Um, I've heard like, don't like her writing, don't relate to her story, but um, yeah, that's my spiel on that topic. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, I'm still thinking about the Stark girl being uh, the worst Jean Grey I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> that's a whole separate topic. We're not gonna get to that, but awesome. No, I, I love, having that perspective because again it's not something i can i relate to or really notice you know what i mean and that's totally fine and i'll relate to ray but we just have to remember that it doesn't make her bad because yeah. <laughs> a lot of people right. do and uh ryan ryan your thoughts um i do i'm gonna say it i do think ray is mary sue but not because she's too powerful i actually think that the power part isn't what makes her mary sue anakin is your most powerful character in star wars yes but and I would say he is a Gary Stu in The Phantom Menace. He is a Gary Stu in The Phantom Menace. I, if I'm going to make the argument that Rey is a Mary Sue in the sequels, I will make the argument that Anakin, that kid Anakin is a Gary Stu in The Phantom Menace. Do I hate Jake Lloyd because of that? No. I think he was bullied for wrong reasons, you know, stuff like yeah. that. I think what happened they to him all was... Are. <laughs> um, but uh, Anakin is really powerful in... And I mean, the one that you'd make the argument that he is the most powerful in is, of course, Return of the uh, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, Attack of the Clones, he gets completely crushed by Count Dooku. He gets demolished by him. But in, uh, but the whole point of Anakin's character is he's this super powerful character. He is this arrogant, he, but he's arrogant because of that power. He is so powerful that he has become so arrogant because of it. His whole character arc revolves around him being super powerful. Being a Mary Sue, in my opinion, isn't because you're powerful. Rey is not a Mary Sue because she is powerful. She is a Mary Sue because her character lacks internal conflict. And that is what a Gary Stu is as well. Rey doesn't 
have moral conflictions. You know, Luke almost killed Darth Vader in Return of the Jedi. You know, he almost turned to the dark side, which actually kind of mirrors the way that Anakin almost turned to the dark side, except Anakin actually went through with it, whereas Luke didn't, and he stopped through his lightsaber, you know, like that. But at the end of the day, Rey against Anakin, I wouldn't say, call Luke a Mary Sue just because Luke never wins a lightsaber duel, except against Darth Vader, but that was external reasons because Luke, uh, you know, Darth Vader got him totally off guard. Luke came out of the shadows and just attacked him in a fury of anger and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I, I would say that Luke never won a lightsaber battle in his trilogy. At the end of the day, Rey does win, and that's not the problem. The problem is that Rey doesn't have conflict in her. And that's what I feel like is a big theme of Star Wars is your main character has a ton of conflict in them. They're conflicted between, you know, the dark side and the light side. And Rey does have conflict in her, but her conflict are like two good reasons. It's like, should I go do this to help this person? Or should I go do this to help this person? The moment, the moment that it is revealed to her that what she is doing could be evil, she immediately snaps and says, I'm not going to do this. The moment it's revealed to her. If Leia had said to Rey and Rise of Skywalker, uh, you know, be careful of turning to the dark side. It can lead you to do terrible things. Be careful of giving into your anger. I think it would have been so much more powerful, but Ray never has that confliction. You know, you never, at least I never got conflict in Ray's character. And so I would say that I don't have a problem with her, you know, overall power. Another thing which I do have a problem with is um, some of her abilities. I'm really into a kind of everyone has a strength mentality when you have a character. Like one character is a really good pilot. One character is really good at this. One character is this, you know. And Ray can just do everything else that everyone else can do. Like there is no need. So you don't have a C-3PO character to talk between her and BB-8 because she can communicate with BB-8. Um, I don't know how she can talk to BB-8. Um, like are there other BB-8 droids around? But you know, you don't need a C-3PO character. Whereas Luke kind of needed C-3PO to communicate between him and R2-D2. And while Luke has the explanation for why he's such a great X-Wing pilot is because he was a stunt pilot. You know, he flew his T-16 Starhopper or Skyhopper, whatever you call it, all the time. You know, he was flying stunt fighters. And X-Wing is a stunt fighter, at least the original X-Wings. I don't know about the sequel X-Wings being stunt fighters because they seem a bit more high tech than your uh, OT X-Wing. But your OTX wing was a stunt fighter, so it makes sense that Luke is able to pilot it. Could Luke have piloted the Millennium Falcon? If Luke had been piloting the Millennium Falcon before Han Solo, you know, taught him, I would have had problems with that, you know? But at the end of the day, Ray's able to only flying speeders, which is a bit different. That's like going from like a motorcycle to like a plane in a matter of like a day. And I don't like the Millennium Falcon is a piece of trash that Han Solo has specifically modified for him. And at the end of the day, like, I don't know if like, you know, that whole flying scene with her and Finn in the beginning of the force awakens, like, I don't know, like it just, I feel like that isn't something that she, I mean, she could have been able to do it, but to me at least, like that doesn't feel like something that, you know, and I've always felt like each character should have a specific task while Luke was, did blow up the death star. Han Solo was always the pilot, you know, uh, Luke was your Jedi, he was your um, Jedi character, and then Leia was kind of like your noble character in a D&D &D game, 
and stuff like that. Like each has their part, but Ray can do everything that Poe can do. Uh, she can fly really well. Um, she can do all these things that Poe can do. Why need Poe? Why do you need Poe in these missions? You know, uh, she can fight pretty well against stormtroopers. Like she's a Jedi. She can defeat your average stormtrooper. Um, and she can defeat a bunch of them. And then, uh, you know, Finn, I feel like his purpose kind of got sidelined unfairly uh, after The Force Awakens. But I just feel like that is what makes Rey a Mary Sue is just she's able to excel over all these other characters and she kind of steals the spotlight from them and she doesn't really have that moral ambiguity. So the problem isn't necessarily her power level or her lack of training. It's more of that, you know, it she doesn't have the same conflict within her that other characters had. And I think that is my biggest problem with her character is just that lack of pull between the light side and the dark side. Okay, and I, I, I actually am, am curious about, about one thing real quick, uh, if you don't mind. Um, so w- as we're, we're, watch- we're watching the movies, um, you know, we know Luke is a pilot because he tells us he's a pilot. Yeah. He's like, I- I'm not such a bad pilot myself. And then later he's like, you know, I used to bullseye womp rats in my, in my T-16 Skyhopper all the time. They're no bigger than two meters, right? So yeah. the only reason that we know that he can fly is because he's referred to it. And, and dialogue, but I, I'm curious because Ray also refers to it in dialogue. Um, and I'm curious what the, the difference is between those two. Uh, Luke's car- I mean, Luke was flying a stunt fighter. Uh, that's what he refers to. The T-16 Skyhopper is a stunt fighter, which is very similar to an X-Wing. It's I also would... made by Incom, yeah. just the same, so it'll have the same yeah. control scheme. So they're very similar ships. He has been doing this crap. At least to my understanding, I understand why Ray wouldn't leave the planet, but at least for me to understand Ray's character, she has never, uh, like, I don't know. I feel like she's never flown a ship before. That's against her character. You know, she's always wanted to stay at home. She's always wanted to stay in her like home waiting for her family to come back. That's her character. She's been waiting for her family to come back. She's never really had the aspirations Luke's had. Luke, on the other hand, he's this character. He wants to go to the Naval Academy. He wants to become a pilot. So all his life, he has been training to be a pilot, to get accepted into the Naval Academy. And, you know, he really, that's like his whole goal around him is the fact that, you know, he wants to be a pilot like his father was. Meanwhile, Ray has been, you know, I, I, it's very hard for me to imagine her flying a ship when her entire like mentality is, I want to stay home and I really want to wait for my family to arrive. And so her skills with the staff based around like the characters she's been around on this like junk world, backwater world makes sense. You know, she would have hand to hand combat abilities. And for me, at least I like to look at everyone from a D and D character lens, you know, you craft a character and then put them in a situation and for me ray's character is i've been around these backwater worlds so i have hand-to-hand abilities so that's why i have hand-to-hand abilities i have good um mechanical skills because i've worked as a you know collecting junk my entire life and repairing it for stuff but at the end of the day i would say that the piloting skills her ability to pilot the millennium falcon which i would imagine is a really hard ship to really master because it's been modified so much like at the end of the day that isn't something that i would see her character able to do and the fact that you know she's able to do it i would say flawlessly she defeats two tie fighters uh pretty well and you know 
it's just stuff like that that I think leans people towards the idea that she's, you know, a bit too good at what she does, as opposed okay. to maybe taking a step back and saying, okay, here's my character. Here's what they can do. Here's what they're not so good at. And it's okay for characters not to be good at some things. Like, and I just feel like, I don't know, that's how I look at it. Okay. No, that's, that's, that's definitely interesting. I mean, it is, it is explained a little bit further in, in a book, but the, the book in the book came out at the same time as force awakens, um, November, 2015. It's before the awakening. It's, it's, uh, it's Finn, Poe and Ray's their story that leads right into mm-hmm. the movie. Um, it was released alongside the movie. Uh, it does go a little bit into that, but I, I definitely get, I definitely see what you're, what you're saying. And a lot of times, um, you know, you can't expect people to always be interested in, in reading the book. But I, I just, I do want to add that it, it is there. <laughs> and, um, and, and we also have to remember she did almost crash it as soon as she, she yeah. took off. You know what I mean? Between everyone that we've seen fly it, which is her, uh, obviously Lando, Chewbacca flew it, um, Han. She's actually been the worst pilot we've seen fly mm-hmm. fly the ship, but um, yeah, and I'm I'm curious of uh, uh, other Ryan, uh, your yeah. thoughts on. <laughs> Can I add something really quick, just yeah, really right. small? She actually did say she's flown ships before, in the movie. Yeah. So it's like that. She isn't just flown speeder. She's flown like ships. Right. Yeah, she said I've flown ships, but I've never left the planet. And part of that before the awakening story is. It's actually really sad because she repairs a ship, flies it. There's two people that she's like working with. And then she's like, uh, they're going to go sell it to Uncar Plett because, man, they're going to get so much food on this. And so she flies it over there, goes up to Uncar Plett. And then the two other people she was just takes off and leaves. And re- she realizes that they've been hinting that they've wanted to leave the planet this whole time. And leaving the planet has never even crossed her mind because she's waiting. It's actually a really sad story of how yeah. they just like oh, dip wow. out on her. Uh, and then she's like, crap, they've been saying that they wanted to leave this whole time. And I left them in the ship, like with the keys running and stuff. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a really sad story, actually. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, Ryan, your thoughts? Yeah, so I think people dislike uh, Ray because I think there's a lot of reasons. There's people that actually dislike her for, you know, they don't like her character or whatever other reason. But I think there's also a lot of young kids, specifically young boys, who have all of their life, all the TV shows that they watch, we see the superhero, we see Superman, we see all these big, powerful guys. And then we see, you know, we got Anakin, especially in the Clone Wars. A lot of kids watch Clone Wars. And then we see um, Rey and... I don't want to say this is all all young kids, but I think there are a bunch of young kids who are just not educated, and when they see a female lead, they're just like, "Oh, that that can't happen. That that's not seen. We don't see that in movies before." I don't, but like by no means, I don't want to put that into all young kids think this way. But I think that there's some who are uneducated, um, and I think another reason, as far as her character, in the Last Jedi and Force Awakens. I think her mental strength is really tested and maybe in Force Awakens, it's kind of kind of weak when you compare it to Luke and Anakin. But of course, trying to compare Rey Skywalker, who is well, basically a nobody, um, at least in, in her eyes, until we get to really, you know, Last Jedi and um, Rey Skywalker. She, from, from like a, 
uh, audience, we're comparing her to the best of the best. So mm. she can, I don't think it's fair for her character to have to live up to those standards. And honestly, I used to be on the Ray Skywalker hate train, but after watching those movies, like the past couple of days and really like diving deep into it, I don't think it's fair to compare Ray Skywalker to um, Luke and Anakin straight out the gate. But what does it mean to become a Skywalker? Um, I think it's someone who has that hope and leader mentality, which Ray gets that throughout the films. It gets better and better by each movie. And by Rise of Skywalker, I think she's at her peak. She is at her most um, uh, closely related to the Skywalker name. I think that's when she's at her, at her best. And uh, I, yeah, I would say Skywalker, someone with a lot of hope in the leader mentality. I think that's two of the biggest things. And people, there are people who don't think that she's a Skywalker because, you know, you have to have the last name. Uh, and also they just don't think that Ray should have it because they don't like Ray. And I mean, honestly, my opinion has definitely changed. I think she totally deserves that name. And I don't think it's a lot of people will just not acknowledge that her name is Skywalker and just be like, Oh, I'm, I'm just going to call her Ray. Uh, I, I, that's come on people. We, we see it in the movies. Let's just accept the movies. Uh, it's, I think it's fair to disagree, but we should definitely not just watch the movie and say, Oh, I'm not going to think that happened. But um, that's, that's kind of my take on, on Ray. Yeah. Yeah. And adding on to that, I mean, I never really talked about my opinion on Ray as a Skywalker. Personally, I like, I do not care. Like she can, like, I, I, I really uh, became apathetic towards the sequel trilogy after the last jedi because i really didn't like it so i was like at the rise of skywalker i'm like i'm gonna see it to finish it off but i was never really going to like i i had accepted that you know yeah, i wasn't same. gonna enjoy it so that whole idea of um ray being a skywalker i was like okay it's disney they own the franchise they can make ray a skywalker if disney says that ray is a skywalker then ray is a skywalker like right. there's nothing you can really say against that and so I think that a lot of the people like screaming Ray isn't a Skywalker, you know, they're, they're your typical like 12 year old trolls who are on TikTok. And um, at least that's the majority of them. Like, I don't think there are a lot of people who, there, there isn't an argument to why she isn't a Skywalker, unless you're going to argue, oh, she isn't a Skywalker from blood. But, you know, she was kind of adopted into the Skywalker family. She says she's a Skywalker and then Luke and Leia appear before her. So by any means, she, she's a Skywalker, you know? And mm -hmm. I might not like the direction they took by uh, making her a Skywalker, but you know. It's, yeah, it's, it's like... fair to disagree with the character route that yeah. they took with her, but just not acknowledging it, like, come on. Yeah. That, that's the only thing I would say, just acknowledge what happened. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, yeah. and also, I, I have to shout out TTVV uh, 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 Claps because. Um, just donated to to the stream and I I'm I'm stunned I'm like I'm really happy nice because I don't I, I started this in May I don't, I don't know what I'm what I'm doing here you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. uh, and so I'm just having fun talking Star Wars with people and like conversation like this where I can dig in and like uh where we all have different views and stuff and look because all four of us are on completely different sides of this which it yeah. seems like mm -hmm. super cool um but anyways, th thank you. Thank you so much. Um, at, whew, yeah, it's crazy. Um, anyways, yeah, I, I, I think it is, 
oftentimes it can be very un- unfair um, how some people view view Ray um, and her struggle. Again, it, it's not it's not physical. It's it's her struggle is entirely emotional. It's trying to find her place, knowing where she belongs. It's she defines herself by a family she's waiting for, but doesn't know who they are, and she's incomplete and unable to move forward until until she finds out. And if you contrast that to the end where she has a found family that is all dead, <laughs> they're, they're gone. And her and, and, and Ben were quite literally soulmates. You know what I mean? Like in the greatest sense of the word. Now them being in a relationship is weird to me. I'm not a Raylo myself because um, I don't know if you guys read Spider-Man when and uh, with Spider-Man and Silk, because they were bit by the same spider, they have this weird connection that's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not natural. They, they aren't, they wouldn't be with each other were it not for this connection. And I, I, that's how I feel about them too. Or like um, Harry Potter with Harry and Voldemort, I guess. Uh, to be honest, I've, I've never read or seen any of them. So I, any I of know, them, but... not a single one. <laughs> the truth <No>. comes out. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> oh, sorry, don't judge me. Um, everyone in the chat, uh, please don't cancel me. Anyways, listened to a bazillion Star <laughs> Wars audiobooks, but has never listened to Harry Potter. <laughs> I can't because there's so many Star Wars audiobooks. Um, also, I'm a little bummed. Uh. Uh, Ryan Kramer because I did a Legends episode last night and I didn't know yeah. how deep you were into Legends. I would have had yeah. you on. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm 128 Legends book deep myself, so I'm, yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, anyways, I forgot where I was where I was going with this. Uh, I yeah, I did have my troubles with with Ray at the beginning, and uh, again it was me seeing other people's connection that really got me on board. I was following uh, Ben's story and I, I'm actually really curious what this trilogy would look like if it were told from Ben's perspective, because I feel like all of the conflict and all the things that we wanted to see in the main character happened to Ben, you know, the, the losing the fights and stuff, that happens to Ben. <laughs> you know, the physical yeah. star- scarring and all that stuff happens to Ben. I'm curious what, what it looks like if uh, if we were to see this from Ben's perspective. I think that might be in a very interesting thing. I would love that. Um, Let's see. And also, again, I don't think it's, it's fair to... Um, label people as as misogynist because they they don't like Ray. Um, but I will say that there are times where people's criticism is so inconsistent mm-hmm. that it's hard not to think that. You know what I mean? You know, <laughs> if you if I say um, if I, I hate ranch dressing, which is true, I, I do hate ranch dressing, um, and then you see me dipping my pizza in ranch. You'd be like, hey, man, it's it's not ranch dressing that you don't like. It's something yeah. else. What is the common denominator? And then that's where, where it goes. Um, to me, at least, if you uh, argue that Anakin isn't a Gary Stew in The Phantom Menace and then go on to say that um, Ray is a Mary Sue, like, you can't, you can't argue those two. Like, you can't argue against. Like, you can't believe one and not believe the other. If you're going to believe one, you, you kind of, have to follow the other at least and most people if you're a prequel lover and you love 
everything prequels, if you're going to call Ray a Mary Sue, you have to look back at what uh, little Anakin does in mm -hmm. uh, The Phantom Menace. And, and also to your point, you can't say that Ray is, over, is overpowered and like Starkiller. You can't do both. Our killer pulls a freaking star destroyer. I know. I love I love Star Killer. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you, you can't say, well, I don't like overpowered characters. Except this one. Um, <laughs> because, you know, again, it's what's the common denominator? Uh, but awesome. I, I I truly, I truly love this conversation that, that we're having. Um, the next thing is I, I want to ask like is is there any message for the community that that you guys think needs to needs to be heard? And also, I know I'm guilty of of some of the stuff or some of the problems. I, I want to know what I can do better personally as as a creator. If if you guys, you know, if if I've uh, offended you guys or anything in in my process, because there there are times where people will post something and it's factually incorrect and um and i i see it so often that it bugs me and so i i know i know i'm guilty of of, of some of the stuff so i and i do apologize if if i've done that to you um but yeah and, and real quick i i actually before asking the question want to share something beautiful that again victoria Vayner, i keep i keep quoting her on this episode but <laughs> Um, wonderful, wonderful human. She she is a wonderful human. But one of the uh, examples that she said today, and I, I'm never going to forget this. Um, I'm also slightly changing and adding to it. But let's say your grandfather like has this beautiful like pocket watch, and he gives it to you. Now, you can value it because you love your grandpa. Uh, this, by the way, this is my message to the community. But you can let me know if. I should change this uh, <laughs> example. You can love it because you love your grandpa. Someone that worked for the same company can love it, or, or your grandpa loves it because it signifies his hard work over all these years. A collector might love it because it's old and, and it's valuable. But if you're a techie like me, and you're like, this is an old pocket watch, it's taking up room, I'd rather go digital. It's trash to me. I don't want it. Um, it's the same thing, different views all these people, but um, if you know that this person loves it because it was their grandfather's, don't be an asshole. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it may be trash to me, but I don't have to say that to you because yeah. that, that may not go over well, um, you know, at, at, at all. Um, all right, that, that being said, for everyone else, um, anything you want the community to hear, um and uh and if there's anything i i should be cognizant of in order to be better um i want to say i started with shaley last time so uh no shaley you start i started with ryan the other ryan so shaley <laughs> okay um the two things that i've um been thinking about the most lately just focus like let's try to focus on what we love more than what we hate it's like the last shit i quote and um, I think the community would be a lot better overall, like, if we um, celebrated what we do like. I'm not saying you can't critique ever, but, like, I'm just saying, like, more, you should put more love into the community than hate. That makes sense. And also, oh, gosh, what was my second one? Oh, yeah, just because you don't relate 
doesn't mean that it's a bad character or a bad movie. That's it. Because there's so many people that, like, come and comment. They're like, trash, it's trash, it's trash. And I'm like, just because you don't like it doesn't make it trash. So (laughs) (laughs) that's just my two things um, that I would want everybody to, like, take and think about and look at your content. (laughs) Think about what you're putting out there and your comments. And um, I think the community would be a lot better for it. Uh, I have no critiques for you. (laughs) You do great. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe you, but um, yeah. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, your thoughts? Uh, me, Ryan, or yes. All right. <laughs> so Here um, we go again. my thoughts. Uh, personally, like for Star Wars fans, I don't like the sequels at all, guys. But for you guys that don't like the sequels, please stop like making such a big deal out of like the most useless things, like. It doesn't really matter that much if Rey is a Skywalker or not. Like, I get that Luke and Anakin were Skywalkers and stuff like that, and you might want their legacy to be more, but does it really matter? Like, I see um, a bunch of, on a bunch of Star Wars pages, it's just this comment and video back and forth of people calling Rey not a Skywalker, and it's just like, it's kind of like a waste of time, guys. So if you're a sequel person, stop saying, like, the sequels aren't canon, because officially, in Disney's eyes, they are canon, and that's all that matters. So no matter how much you like or hate the sequels, they're always going to be canon. You can like that or hate it, but it's just kind of the truth. Um, And personally, like, I don't know, like criticism um, for Brandon's work. uh, I really enjoy his videos. Um, I watch all of them. I look at his page, even rewatch some of his videos if I'm looking for one to get a Star Wars question answered. But personally, like um, sometimes like, you, when you talked about like the interviews, especially the John Boyega and Daisy Ridley one, mm-hmm. um, personally, uh, I understand why like you could argue that those things were taken out of context, but I think there is context to those interviews that does matter. And I think that you could make arguments based off those interviews that certain things weren't planned or certain things weren't as drawn out as some people would like them to be. And I just think that there is a certain argument to be made that the sequels weren't this grand vision and that they were more of a let's make things out while we go along uh, sort of idea that was kind of like just the thing and why people are so quick to jump on these interviews and believe them because to them, all the evidence that they've kind of gathered from the movies at least points towards the sequels kind of being a disorganized, I don't want to say mess, but just like a disorganized, like kind of incoherent uh, structure overall. And it's just like, that's my opinion on it, like mm-hmm. why people would jump on those things so fast and stuff like that. Okay. And and I actually agree with you. Um, Cause like, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And, I'll, and I, I will definitely take that with, with stride. Um, and then uh, other Ryan. Yeah, so I really like that uh, comparison you made, I think yesterday about the restaurant one. That, I think that that is like a brilliant comparison so we have a we have a menu just pull from the menu that you want i'm a prequel fan so when if i go to say the said restaurant i'm gonna pull from the prequel menu whereas someone else might pull from the sequel menu so they're all there they're not going anywhere just take from what you want and then you're good to go but i think we can seriously get into good discussions with other people when you instead of just bashing what they're saying actually say well why do you why do you like the sequel so much what what is your 
number one reason why you like them. And then you'll get an answer. Hopefully it's going to be an actual answer. Then you, you start a discussion <laughs> and then yep. you start um, understanding one another and earning that respect rather than just saying some witty comment that's really disrespectful. And then you get a bunch of upvotes on it because that's unfortunately how social media works. You say something negative and people like it, but in the Star Wars community, people could definitely change that. That's, that's what I would, yeah. Awesome. No, I, I, I certainly love it. And, um, and then for, for me, I, I will say, so there's, there's something that happens and it happens on both sides and it kills me whenever I see it happen. When people don't understand what an opinion is, it hurts me inside. When, um, and, and I feel like it's, it's because people may, may have heard something, understood it backwards of like, no, you can't prove an opinion to be false or true. That is, that's correct information, but it's because if it can be proven true or false, it's not an opinion. It's, right. you know what I mean? Like it's, it's the other way around. Um, and so uh, and I, I see it on, on both sides. And uh, again, it's when, when I hear people say things that are very, um, how do I put it? I mean, again, only Sith speak in absolutes. But if if you come and you tell me, you know, um, if you say sequels aren't canon, or, or or there's there's certain things that you can say because of a misunderstanding of what an opinion is, I honestly think either you you might be dumb, you know, like I I'm not trying to be mean, yeah. but. <laughs> Like if you say I hate Ray because she had no story whatsoever, and like, but even if your story doesn't change, you still had a story, and <laughs> and if you watch the first movie and the last movie, your story obviously changes. So if either you're saying this to try and emphasize your point, which a lot of people do, and it, it shouldn't, and it doesn't lead to any production uh, productive um, thing, or you honestly don't believe that it exists. And to me, that means you didn't understand what you were watching. Um, and that's not meant as an insult. It's just sometimes when people say certain things. So I've, I've had to actually stop because before I was one of the, the problems. You know what I mean? People say uh, like, oh, well, you clearly didn't understand the film. Until uh, Mesa Windu, uh, Joshua Jackson was like, stop saying <laughs> that we didn't understand it. I understand. It. I just didn't like it. And like, yeah. that's, that's absolutely fair. Like if, if your statement shows you don't understand it, then I have to question it. But um, I also, that's something I have, have stopped doing. Um, and I do want to be the best um, creator I can be. Again, the sequels are my least favorite, but I at least try to present them fairly. I don't critique them a lot. This is the first time I'm openly critiquing them. Um, and I'm doing, and I don't do it because oftentimes it leads to your comments being like a, a real crap show. Um, so I try not to do it, but yeah, I, I, I do have plenty of critiques, plenty of them. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for joining me on this yep. discussion. This has been Definitely. really cool. Like, yeah, was awesome. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I'm curious if you guys have any closing thoughts as well as where can we find you and, and your stuff? Um, so Rache, so, uh, Ryan, Ryan Kramer. 
Um, I'm going to start a TikTok. I've never, like, I'm really busy IRL. So, you know, starting a TikTok has always been like, you know, something that I want to do, uh, start a Star Wars TikTok, but something that like, I don't know if I'm going to do. Um, I used to do Lego stop motions on YouTube when I was like a little kid, but I kind of moved past that. Um, a bunch of people have said like my friends and stuff, all my videos are privated now, but they've said like, you should do Star Wars stop motions on TikTok. And I've said, okay, yeah, I might start doing those. Um, and stuff like that and so it's just like you know i'm just like afraid that you know you post something a lot of things and then they just like flop for a while and i really don't want to like get into like really putting work into videos for them only not to do well because other people's like face bobbing videos like uh take uh, over everyone for you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's that just damn my song thought. again i'm gonna kill myself yeah <laughs> You know, it, it gets to the point where I'm like Stop. scrolling through my for you page. It's like I like all the Star Wars videos. I can please give me more Star Wars content. <laughs> and it's just like I get another video of uh, you know, uh, uh, Bella Thorne or not, uh, what, uh, Bella Roach oh, shaking porch? her head, Roach? Up in, <laughs> Bella Roach or whatever, uh, shaking know, her no. head up and down. Like I have no problem with you making that content. It's just like personally, I don't want that on my for you page. I like all the Star Wars content I can to get more star wars stuff on my for you page so that was just like my whole thing on the matter but yeah, yeah. um i'm probably gonna start one soon um but yeah so i mean I, i'm gonna start a petition that I'm, I'm gonna need you to just considering how much legends that you've read mm -hmm. just start talking about like one minute at a time my favorite character yeah. from legends is this this is why this is what they're in all this stuff I, I, oh, would, I, would, I would love to see that. I would love uh, to hear that. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure we would all support your channel. I mean, yeah. we could, yeah. And if I do another Legends podcast, I need you to be on it. And also, right. I'll consider if I, I do like a role-playing one, which I actually haven't yeah. done myself. But um, yeah, thank you. And then, mm -hmm. uh, other Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Can um, find you in closing thoughts? I am StarWars.Facts on TikTok. I try to post consistently um also i do action figure photography i'm not sure if you guys know the the line of action figures or star wars they're called a uh, black series yeah they're, oh, they're yeah. pretty yeah they're big um so i kind of do that in my free time on instagram and i guess that yeah i think i follow you on instagram and i think you do incredible stuff really what, is it the ryan's ryan's dot photography with the O's as zeros. I'll I'll have to I'll have to re recheck, but um, <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of 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 those types where I you know you put them in the dirt, use wires and stuff like that, or maybe have like oh, a yeah. or stuff like that. Anyways. I want to get into that stuff. That stuff is that's that's a lot. Yeah, it's consuming. But yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, I mean, make sure we have that so I can post it uh, when we post these. Um, All right. And I would be happy to share it. And then uh, last but certainly not least, Shaylee. <laughs> uh, closing thoughts. Um, all your opinions are valid, everybody. Don't let anybody tell you any different. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. You can find me on TikTok as Shaylo underscore Ren. I don't do anything else. And it's just mostly Star Wars and other general nerd content. So don't get mad at me if I post political stuff. <laughs> awesome uh also uh courtney hughes wants to add that kiwi is a queen um so she so is thank you courtney yes <laughs> <laughs> Dude. 
All right. Thank you guys so much for coming on to the pad- podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I could talk to Star Wars fans all day because there's always something we all love. Yep. Um, but thank you guys so much and may the force be with you always. All right. Thanks for awesome. having me. Yeah, thanks for having <laughs> me. Thank you. Yeah.